Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. Fanzine.live podcast. This is Rebel Yell. I regret. I, I bitterly regret that we have to uh, curtail for 28 days uh, uh, football clubs uh, and, the, and, and sporting activities in the way that we are. I bitterly, bitterly regret it. But that is, I believe, necessary to get the R down. This is the Rebel Yell Podcast. So Boris bitterly regrets it. That's what he says. Elite sport can continue, but grassroots can't. We're faced with another lockdown coming up and Worthing curtails play yet again. One more match is a Sussex Senior Cup match and then we're on a lockdown for a month with no football. Pete, Mr Rebel, Yell.Live is here again, once again, to discuss October that was with Worthing FC. Pete, welcome back to the Rebel Yell podcast. How are you doing, mate? I'm very well, thank you, James, and yourself? Yeah, I mean, I was doing all right, to be fair. And obviously, you know, now that it's kind of been confirmed that, you know, we've only got one more match left before a month of without football again, it just starts worrying to me that are we going to go through take two and what happened to our season last year? Is it going to happen again? Yeah, that's that's a scary thing, I think, because I think the first time we went into lockdown, it was supposed to only be for a few weeks and it lasted three months. The clubs didn't know until June. And Boris had the brilliant idea of eat out to help out, things like that. Uh, cost billions and then in, infection rates going up across the country. Um, to be honest, I, I, I'm i in the camp of uh, regional lockdowns in the areas where, you know, they have got serious problems. Because obviously down here in the south, it's it's nowhere near as bad as it is up north. I know cases are growing in London, um, but 
but down here, I think we've got something like 80, 86, 88 cases per 100,000. So, you know, why they're, they're doing it like this, I'm not, they say they're following the science, but they should have followed the science a month ago when they were told to lock it down for two weeks. Um, as the opposition party said, you know, the half term is probably the time to do that. And yet again, the government has, has left it late, um, decided to do it from Thursday, because obviously from the announcement Saturday to Thursday, then, uh, you know, no one's going to con contract COVID. Uh, it's took a few days off and then, you know, from Thursday, it's going to be really prevalent. So we must all stay in our houses. So, yeah, um, it's just a di difficult, difficult situation. And I think with, with, the, fo with the football point of view, uh, from my own, my own selfish perspective, perspective on it is you know I'm, I'm absolutely gutted uh, as you know I've been to a lot of games so far this season uh, it's been a it, you know it's been an absolute pleasure following them and commentating on them as well uh, but hopefully you know it will just be the month and we can get the season started again uh, but like you say if there's this lockdown who's not saying next sort of February March there might not be another lockdown like there was um, this year um, and what's going to happen to the season? Because at the moment, nothing, nothing has yet, as yet, been agreed as to how how the season would would be finished. And I think, you know, while they've got this month at the moment, uh, they can have the FA and whoever uh, can have all, all the and Nick Robinson, the chairman of our league, they can have all the meetings they like over Zoom. Um, and I think their priority should be, you know, sorting out a way that they can fairly finish the league this season. Um, whether they could do it as uh, a, a points per game system, uh, like they were talking about last season until they decided on null and void. Um, and even if they say not enough games have been played, well, maybe we could add this season's onto last season's and, and do points per game that way, add the two seasons together. Uh, Worthy would still be top, and we'd be promoted. That's true. We deserved it last year. I mean, it, it does. It does go back to the fact that a few people have sort of said, and you know, spoken to us as well. Should the league have then possibly continued last season, this season, instead of completely voiding it, and then we may have ended up being able to complete at least one season, thus making us champions, hopefully, and thus finishing stories that weren't completed. I mean, I, I think that would have been a good idea. And, you know, we could then get through this COVID wave. You know, we would have missed football. But again, all the hard work that the boys have put in in the past month or so could have gone to waste again. Yeah, but at the same time, the problem we, you've got with that system, like say, you know, we could have carried on, played those eight games. And it's funny enough, we've, you know, we've played eight, eight league games now, yeah, you which, would have, which would have finished last season. Um, but... Problem being is because uh, the, the, the National League and, and the leagues above, and because it's supposed to be a pyramid, supposed to be, um, they'd finish there. So there's no way that they could bring that that sort of thing in. So you know that 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 plan is scuppered from, from from minute one, really. It was such a mess, you know, the ending of last season and the inconsistencies. We've chewed many facts over Rebel Yell Live about this and Rebel Yell Live podcast over the summer. And, you know, I think we're sick to the back teeth with it. So let's hope we don't get that again. But moving on, it's not been a bad month, has it, Pete? Apart from a, another cup upset and a cup exit for the Rebels, I don't think we've had too bad a month and we re we remain top of the league. Yeah, absolutely. Um the boys have been absolutely flying. You know, uh, some games really, really dominated. 
Um, some great new signings and experience coming into the team, which uh, complements uh, the, young, the younger players in the team. Uh, plenty of goals spread around the team. Uh, just, just the one defeat in the league, which was to Leatherhead. Um, you know, conceded in the 85th minute, no time to get back into the game. Um, so, yeah, all, all in all, I think, you know, October has been a very good month. And at the end of any month, if you're at the top of the table, you can't really have many complaints. You can't really, Pete, to be fair. I mean, I, I've just really nice. It's nice to see the team sort of finally, not that they didn't last season, but obviously we've brought new signings in that are new to the team and you're seeing some gelling. And, you know, we are getting goals and we've always wanted a 20-season striker. Could we have that this year? We've got two or three in the contention right now already and we're only eight games into the season. Well, I see if you look at the top of the scoring charts, you know, you've got in, in the league, you've got Pierce's up there, uh, Diallo's up there. Um and, and Karoma's up there as well. I know he's up there on the basis. I think he got four goals for Carl Shorten as well. Um, but bringing in, you know, a 31-year-old striker, I, I think that's a very shrewd move from Adam uh, to bring that bit of experience to the front line. And it's only going to rub off on the younger lads. And, you know, that experience often, it turns around and they end up having that experience that can promote them and promote their game and get them to a better situation, which is not going to do anything but help us. That's it. And I think, you know, uh, one of the things Adam said to me in past interviews is, uh, you know, sometimes the younger players need to be guided through games. And I think uh, the two signings is, that he's brought in, Danny Papo and Omar Karoma, with the, with the experience, um, is exactly what they've been brought in to, you know, to put their arms around the players and, and say, right, you know, you need to be doing this and you need to be doing that. Especially in a tight game where it's, you know, probably one nil up, 10 minutes to go and we want to hold on to that lead. No, it's so true. Talking about past interviews, why don't we talk about a present interview? Because Adam Hinchwood has joined us and he's going to be discussing October with us on the line. So welcome, Adam Hinchwood. So how are you doing, Adam? Are you okay, mate? Yeah, very well, thanks. All good. How are you feeling about everything that's been announced this week? Because I know I'm certainly feeling a bit gutted and I'm sure you were. Because we've, we've kind of been in this situation before, haven't we? I can't, I can't think when. I know, that's it. It's, um, yes, yeah, it's, it's never good, is it? Yeah, I think we just felt we was getting back to a bit of normality, getting back to um, you know football at our level with uh, supporters um, there. Felt like a bit of a normality and then... Yeah, the, the government's obviously got to make the decisions that they feel necessary. And um, yes, it's, it's a shame, but you know, it is what it is. Um, I've got a, a kitchen that needs doing, so I'm not going to get that done. <laughs> that's your plan for the lockdown, then, I yeah, assume, yeah. Definitely. I don't have a father-in-law knows it yet, but that's the plan. <laughs> good, good plan, good plan. I mean, I guess it also means for us it's probably going to possibly be unlikely we'll be at back to Woodside Road before the end of this year now, which obviously everyone's going to be a little bit gutted about. But, you know, you never know. They might be able to get the pitch done in the time, but I feel that that sort of it's a bit ambitious now to think we'll be back in December. Unless you know anything otherwise. Uh, I wish I wish I could, uh, you know, enlighten you a little bit more on, on what was happening there, to be honest. But, um, yeah, I think there's been, obviously, a lot of uh, hurdles and stuff that the club's got to go through in terms of um, getting funding and, and stuff like that to get the works to, to go ahead. So, yeah, really hopeful that that can happen. Um, you know, I did have a look and see the construction and stuff like that can go ahead. So, you never know, hopefully... Um, you know they can they can get in there, get into Woodside, and uh, get it all ripped up in in the uh, lockdown period. But um, 
yeah, I think, like you say, I think it's looking a little bit unlikely. But, um, yeah, I think the whole club, the supporters, the board, players, uh, all the management staff, you know, just all want to get back, um, seeing fans, in, enjoying the, the new facilities and um, hopefully some good football at Woodside. Talking about the works, have you had any input into the, the new pitch or any of the stuff going on around the ground out of interest? No, not really. Just the, only the sort of change rooms allowed to change rooms. Um, yeah, but other than that, I don't really think it's uh, my position um, to sort of interfere too much. Um, yeah, just how I sort of wanted the change rooms laid out. Um, so that's that's worked, and and yeah, they're. I'd say 80% there now, the change rooms, just one or two last little touches to go in. So, you know, um, just on, on on the works, I mean, the work that, uh, you know, Jason Price and um, James Hickson have done there has just been, you know, phenomenal. They're both of their teams are, have been down there regularly. And, um, yeah, so just like a big shout out and a massive thanks uh, for all the hard work and effort and the hours that both their them two guys in particular and all, all their, their teams have spent doing it, really. Absolutely. We can actually finally look forward to some good night games now with good lighting. <laughs> no, let's see, yeah. Um, definitely, sorry. Um, definitely, uh, you know, in, in improvement on, on the light situation. <laughs> you could see that straight away. Um, so, yeah, we actually might be able to see the ball. Um which is always handy um, on a night game, you know. When we, when we come to do our analysis of the home games in, in previous years, it's, it's been very hard to sort of actually focus on, on where the football is and, you know, stuff like that. So now there's been no excuses for us all to analyse the game properly and, you know, the, the players to take something from it. That's it. He's, um, try, try commentating, not Adam, from the back, oh, of, mate, the, yeah, from back of the stands. <laughs> yeah, no excuses for you either, mate, now. <laughs> so let's hope the players can find the passes <laughs> yeah definitely that'd be nice so anyway um we, we started as as we said uh in february um to, to do a season review for with review for the team um uh, sorry a monthly review uh and we we'd done one for february and then obviously it was all stopped so i thought it might be an idea for the podcast to get that up and running again so yeah. like i say it's just going to be the october league review just 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 your thoughts on the games in in general so obviously uh, first game of the month uh, our only our only loss as you said on the on the coach on saturday uh, we've only lost one game this season um but the, the yeah. leatherhead game the leatherhead game we you know we just conceded two two late two late goals in that game high scoring game yeah no, it's a bit, bit of um, disruption. Obviously, uh, Leon and Joel sort of played a little bit uh, new positions, um, but just felt you know the reason I went with them rather than uh, you know a younger centre half. Just with Tutty as well, they're, they're quite quite um, quiet as a back three, and just their experience I wanted to to go with. But um, yeah, I think uh, it showed on on the day that. You know, probably bad call for myself really to to start that way. But you know, got got credit the lads. They they battled hard, got us back into the game. Um, and yeah, the disappointing thing is to to get back to you know, was it three? I think it's three to yeah, three to up. Yeah, with like ten minutes to go or so. Um, 
you know, the, the learning thing that we've got to take from that is we should be coming away with all three points, scoring three goals away from home. Um, we, we should have got all three, let alone, um, you know, not coming away with anything. So, you know, it was really was disappointing. It was the, the first sort of game as well that um, Aaron sort of gave us the news that he was, you know, focusing on his studies and stuff like that. So, um, yeah, it was a tough one, a, t- a tough evening to take. Um, but like I say, from us getting into a position where we was uh, winning with 10 minutes to go, you know, we got to do better potentially myself as well got to look at maybe shutting up shop um, but we analysed we analysed the fourth goal um, and you know there's not too much of the line from the free kick was good um, it missed everybody hit the post and fell to one of their players um, so you could say you know just on the night I don't think it's even a foul to be honest with you as well um, so it's poor decision from the ref to give a foul and then we've defended and the lads are in the positions I wanted them to be it's just you know hit the post and fell to one of their players um, so yeah dis- disappointing to to lose to a goal like that um, but the, the fight and the character that the lads showed was, was excellent That's it and I think that was the thing at the end there was, there was just no time to get back into the game really so it's bit just just a body blow, basically. No, yeah, definitely. I mean, I always, always, you know, um, quite sceptical to when we do get ahead in games, just to shut up shop. I don't think we've got the personnel to do that. I always try to stand the front foot and carry on trying to score the next goal. Um, rightly or wrongly, I always just feel that when we do shut up shop and teams you know, smash balls down our throat. We just, especially on that night in particular, I mean, we brought Sam Keith on just a bit of extra height and stuff like that, um, just to try and deal with those balls. But yeah, just try to, you know, still be aggressive. And, and you know, normally my changes are with forward players coming on, um, looking to get the next goal. Um, so yeah, just something that potentially I've got to, you know, adapt and, and look at um, in the future. But um, I just feel as a, as a team, that's when we're at our best. Brilliant. Uh, so, so then we come to our first home game of the season in in commas <laughs> yep. against against Sparrows and Pitsy. Uh, we go behind in the first half. I think it was Danny Blair that scored, um, and then come back. Uh, Diallo scores two in the second half to give us the three points that day. Yeah, I thought we showed um, another side to us that day. Like I say, we. Still relatively young, but I don't like to go on about that too much because I think that now our team's played enough games at this level and I look at the experience that they've got and there's there's enough games um, out on a pitch. But, you know, obviously we missed, missed the penalty down one end and they went down the other end and got one. Um, and then, yeah, we had a slight tweak in, in the formation. We uh, obviously brought Leon off and, and chucked Mo on um, and it did seemed to help us and we got our foothold in the game and you know, I was delighted with the response of the players and um, you know, I said that to them at half-time, just keep having belief in what you're doing because um, you'll get the rewards because I thought we just took over and had complete control of the game from the change really uh, and the lads yeah, showed enormous um, character to again respond from going behind. You know, it'd been very easy. Oh, we missed the penalty. They've got the other end and got one and, and scored it. Um, you know, to, for people to go hiding and stuff like that. But it definitely wasn't the case. We carried on with the way we want to play. Um, players being brave to get on the ball and, you know, I was really, really encouraged with that performance. Yeah, so and then we go we go away to Margate 
again, we go, go behind on the half hour. Um, and then I think it was Diallo scored just before half time. How, how important was that goal just before half time to level things up? Yeah, it was, it was, it was crucial. Um, you know, it's, it's not something I'll say before every game, by the way. You've got to go goal down um, to, to make it entertaining and make it exciting. Uh, I think we actually scored two just before half time, if I remember rightly. And we come in 2 1 up. Um, yeah. And I think that was, that was massive because I think we deserved to be 2 1 up. It's some of the best interchanging football for a spell that we've played all season. I thought there was little things around the corner. I can remember one coming to Dachon and him sort of um, back heeling it out to Jasper. And I say to the boys, like in that final third, that's, that's what I want to see. I, you know, I, as much like a fan, I want to be entertained um, I want them to try those things and express themselves and um, I sensed that when we went 4-0 up against Kingstonians there was that confidence and that bit of arrogance and swagger and I said look I want you to start playing what that felt like being 4-0 up I want us to start playing like that from the off and um, you know I f that was the game where I really sensed that there was some some confidence in the team and we, we played some tremendous stuff down there. Yeah, um, I think easily that could have been six. Or, we could have scored six or seven that day, to be honest. No, yeah, it was it was an excellent performance. The four players were all on fire, and um, yeah, I mean, like Mo's been brilliant for us in in terms of uh, his goal return and stuff like that. Um, but I thought in that game, his actual all-round play, his hold-up play, when to lay it off, uh, when to drop in. Um, you know, was was really good. He hasn't been playing up front long, um, and he's still, you know, very very much learning the role uh, that we wanted. But I see a lot of good signs on that day. Yeah, and then and then we go away to East Furrock, and Diallo scores again for the fourth game in a row. Um, and again, with with that game, a game we was in control of, um, three flip three nil up, and then didn't just quite hold on to that clean sheet which you probably found really frustrating no yeah it was a battling performance i actually traveled up to watch the east front versus horsham game and um see just how they defended one of their set pieces and come up with a little routine and um ricky ended up playing the ball into ollie and he had the shot that landed to joel who managed to tap it in so it made that long night on, on Tuesday and that late get home uh, back to Selsey from East Farrakh all, all worthwhile so um, yeah that, that, was, that was that was really pleasing that they executed that and then um, obviously I think you know there was a couple of bits of brilliance from Ricky um, where he was sort of like just dropping his shoulder and stuff like that it reminded me of like Gaza back in the day um, you know doesn't even touch the ball sometimes and he just drops his shoulder and people just go falling over and um, I think he hit the inside of the post and, and the finish from Mo was a tight angle was was quite exquisite to be honest uh, an excellent finish and um, you know when I said to him after what a finish that was he was like no, no it's just a tap in and then we watched it back and see how tight the area angle was and it was it was uh, a top class finish and um yeah, then obviously to go down to a 10 men to show a different side to us that we could battle and, um, you know, hang on hang on to a lead um, was good, was really good. It was a, it was a good hard-fought victory that day. Um, but yeah, like I say, disappointed with the, with the clean sheet. I think the line just dropped a little bit early and Rocco was a bit high for the finish, I think. So um, yeah, there's a couple of bits that we sort of analysed and looked to, to work on there.
You'll have to listen yeah. back to the commentary highlights with Pete because uh, I don't know if you know, Kev Golds was on the mic with him. And as, as I'm sure everyone <laughs> knows, Kev, you're, there are some classic one-liners that we'll have in this podcast. So, Adam, if you want a little bit of cheering up through the next few weeks, have a listen to it yeah. after, which I'm sure you will anyway. But Kev Gold highlights, I mean, Pete, yeah. Pete loved it. It added to that East Forrick match even more, didn't it, Pete? <laughs> Yeah, we did try to keep him under control. <laughs> oh, brilliant. Oh, do you know what? I have got to do that. I've got to do it. I'll try to get my missus to film me when I'm watching it back. Just take to send yeah, do, yeah, please do because it's just, it's, yeah. it, we're literally just, I've just cut, I've spent the last um, sort of, before we did the podcast tonight, I spent the last sort of hour, hour, hour and a half going through the game, just cutting the bits. And it's just, I was in stitches, Mark, because I hadn't heard it because I was working at the time. And it's just brilliant, mate. So, yeah, if you get your missus to do that, it'd be quite funny to put, yeah. on, uh, put on the chat and put on the Rebel Yell socials. So, yeah. No, I will do, definitely. I'll, get, I'll definitely <laughs> in, in the have a bit of time in the next four weeks. I, yeah, I want to listen to that myself. So, yeah, I did, I did hear um, that he was uh, entertaining, to say the least. Yeah, I think we should okay, do it for so charity or something sometimes. So a charity, a Kevoff, or like a Kevathon or something. <laughs> <laughs> Raise some money. <laughs> oh, brilliant. Funny, funny. So back, back, to, the fo- back to the pitch, Adam. Um, yeah. last, last game in a month, uh, Potter's Bar away. Uh, first game, Coroma. Uh, Is it Coroma? Coroma. 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 So anyway, uh, his first full start uh, gets two goals. Um, obviously, we went one nil down in the first half again. Came back to uh, to, to, to win two one with two goals from Karoma. No, oh, yeah. Um, again, uh, battling uh, sort of performance on the night. It's always always a tough place to go. Potts Bath. We found it last year. Um, put you under a lot of pressure. I thought they got into a really good shape actually on the night. And again, we had to change shape, and I think it sort of having the quality that we had on the night on the bench, the likes of Jesse and Deshaun to come on. Um, you know, Deshaun didn't do much pre-season and then he's been asked since Folkestone to come and just play Saturday, Tuesday, Saturday, Tuesday. And I just felt sometimes, you know, your um, enthusiasm and energy and um, everything gets you through games and I just felt he was catching up with him. Um, so I just felt he needed to come out and uh, just get a little bit of hunger back and just have a bit of a rest, really, because he was uh, doing so so much uh, running and had so much energy for us. Um, but, yeah, to have that calibre of player to, to call upon from the bench. And, yeah, we, we changed to a back four, uh, which allowed us to get the balls wide. We'd like to, you know, with the three at the back and then the three midfield players and two up front, there's quite a lot sort of centrally that we try to try to work the ball and they stopped that. So we needed to change and, and go to a back four and get the ball out wide to our full backs. And then it was more sort of crosses coming into the box from maybe a bit deeper than what we tend to normally. Um, but that was almost straight away again, like credit to the players. I can come up with these ideas and say, this is what I want to happen. But ultimately the players have got to go and execute it. And, you know, Deshaun come on and he'd probably be disappointed he didn't score straight away. Mm. Um, yeah. So again, on, on the night, uh, reflection of play, like it was quite an even game, but I remember late on, we had like a 3v1, but we could have made it 3-1. And um, there was another one I think we could have squared. And I think Mickey tripped over the ball or something. Um, so, in the end, it could have ended up 4-1. And it probably wasn't that kind of night and that kind of scoreline. But, um, you know, we've shown that we... Patience, I think, was the key key thing on that night. We had to... I said that to the players after. We've just got to be patient and keep moving the ball. And uh, the opportunities will come. And I'll say full credit, full credit to the players for that. 
Yeah, so you know, we're you know the goal goal average is pretty good for the month. Um, had uh, Modiano getting five, Omar Corona uh, first couple of appearances. Uh, gets scored three. Pierce scored two last month. Aguiar chipped in with one, and so did Goldin, and also uh, Cole Brand. So, we, you know, we've got we we could probably have scored more goals. I was saying the chances that we've created, but uh, the goals are being spread around the team quite nicely at the moment, and you you must be pleased with that. No, definitely. Um, you know, disappointed that we didn't add to a few more clean sheets. Um, I felt Margate. Um, that was on the counter attack. I think we hit the post on the Margate goal. Hit the post, and then it went down the other end. And then we let them come back inside. And I think Ricky should have just kept them going on one side of the pitch. He let them come in, and then he's opened up the game. Then and the, the lads got his chance. Um, so yeah, I think Margate and East Thurrock should have been two clean sheets really. Um, so we're disappointed. Um, but again. In both of those games as well, like Rocco has called upon to make a few good saves and, and he's done that uh, for us. I think it's gone a little bit unnoticed and a lot's been made of the goals that we're scoring potentially um, and of us not keeping clean sheets. But he's he, he has kept us in a lot of games. Um, I think he'd be disappointed with the uh, fourth goal on, on Saturday. Um, I thought he could have dealt with it better, but... You know, this is part of the young lads learning and I've got to say that some of his saves have really sort of kept us in, been crucial saves at crucial times in the games. Yeah, like I say, I wasn't going to mention the Cups in the reviews, but as you've brought it up, thoughts on Saturday? Yeah. <laughs> no, yeah, obviously I think like, it's a good time to reflect, isn't it? Ten games, um, won seven, drawn two and, and lost one. Um, so, you know, but with them... The draws in terms of the cup games, you know, it's a 4 4 and a 3 3. Um, and then obviously, with the new rules and stuff like that, go straight to penalties as a lottery. But um, yeah, we'd be bitterly disappointed that we haven't won all, all 10 games. Um, and you know, sometimes you get people that say, Oh, you're gonna lose a game every now and again, but you know, that's I just We'll look at it and go with the amount of chances and the amount of ball and the position that we've been in all the games. We are sat here now disappointed we've not won 10 from 10. And, um, you know, I want the players to feel that as well. I don't want them to think, oh, well done, we've won seven. You know, we, we should have won 10 and there's loads for us to work on and improve on. And, um, yeah, we're dis really disappointed. Like, I've got to say, the fans that travelled all that way in those conditions um, for us to... Obviously, you know, coming to watch us play is entertaining, 4-4 four, four and 3-3 and three, three in the games. But ultimately, you know, it would have been lovely to for the club. Um, obviously, there's a financial thing, but for the supporters to have a little cup run and to, for us to go and play at a, a, you know, a National League or a National League South club um, would have been the icing on the cake really for the supporters, although we can't get into those grounds anyway, so it doesn't matter too much. Um, but, you know, moving forward, um, you know, that, that would have been nice. I guess one thing for you, Adam, is that the, the fact that we're out of the Cups now, we are disappointed, but obviously with the season being postponed for a month, it means there's going to be a clog up of games towards sort of season. So not having those extra games must be a little positive if you can take anything from them. Yeah, um, still... Reeling, really, uh, yeah. really disappointed. Um, like I say, it's a good time to reflect, and you know we've got another cup game coming up as well in Three Bridges. Um, so we want to do 
well in that as well. Um, obviously, the club's got good history in that competition. Um, so we really want to do well. And, you know, still, still disappointed. But, you know, all, all I can say is that, you know, I'll, I'll analyse myself and want to learn and improve as a manager. And I'm sure the players will. And, and that's all we can ask from them. Um, and, yeah, if there is any saving grace, it is that, you know, now we have got only the Sussex in the Cup and the league to focus on. And uh, with the good squad that we've got, um, you know, it, it should should be good in terms of competition for places and, and, and getting a good 16 players um, into, into the squad for each of those games. OK, so um, how do you think the, the new signings, not new signings of a blended in, obviously, Mo Diallo, uh, Karoma and uh, Danny, Danny Papo? Yep. Obviously, um, obviously, obviously Molly's been with us a little, little bit longer, and I think that shows. I mean, I think, I, you know, I'm used to me enough, Pete, on, in training and stuff. I am quite demanding, and and I do um, ask a lot of the players probably for, for the level that we're at to change formations um, halfway through a game and you'd get them twice a week. And at the moment, you're having them for one training session a week. and you're asking them to know the roles of a couple of different formations is hard. And I think, you know, with Mo, we're starting to see him settle into what's expected of, of the role of playing up in a two if we got a back three. Um, he'll then need to know if we then change to playing a one up top, what that looks like. Um, and I think it's the same with Omar and, and Danny, really. They, Omar probably for the last five, six years, would have played as a central striker, number nine on his own. Um, but then, yeah, the way we play, we ask the strikers to maybe draw and get the ball a little bit more on his side and then have runners in behind and stuff and work more as a as a front three together centrally. Um, and that, that takes time, that, um, that understanding. But hopefully he'll get a lot of... Um, Confidence with scoring, obviously, three goals in in three games. Um, you know, that's that's what we wanted. Someone with a bit more experience up there, and you know, in in games like East Farrakh where we need to go a little bit longer and play into a striker, I think he'll be invaluable for us um, in them type of games. But, and that's I think what we have got now. We got Ollie, who likes who's excellent at dropping in. I thought Margate was was superb, um, getting the ball in the half turn in, in the little pockets and um, then when he gets faced up with people in and around the box, he's, he's very good in a 1v1, um, laid on a couple of goals, probably didn't get the credits for the market game, I thought he was excellent that day. Um, so, you know, we've got him, we've got Deshaun, we've got Mo, we've got Shaq as well, he's another young lad who really like the looks of, obviously Tom Chalet is going to get some minutes, so in that that position at the top end of the pitch I think we've got some good options and there's there's different types of strikers within that as well and I think Omar gives us something a little bit different and the same with Danny Papo um, you know he's uh, probably a bit more bigger presence and, and physically stronger than some of our other defenders but you saw the case uh, certain games like for Saturday we need Alfie Young type of player that can get on the ball and break lines with passes um, but there's going to be games where teams come direct and it might be a game that suits Danny Papu a little bit more and he can deal with the aerial battle and the one-on-one the -on -one challenge. Um, so, 
again, I think what they do give us is is variety in in the way we can play and adapt and adjust. And you know, I think Danny coming on in those games as well um, was a real big big presence and big player to have at, at certain times when teams you know do come a little bit more direct towards the end of a game. You know, to have a player like Danny to bring on, and I've got to say, they've both been excellent characters. Excellent characters. There's, you know, they're there for training. They're loving it. There's training at the moment, obviously, because it's probably a bit new and less all. But they love, they love the training. They love the whole the way we analyse and how we try to run everything and do things professionally. Um, they, like, they really like that side of it, and uh, they've got a lot of time for the younger players. And I think they're, they'll, they'll get fitter and get better as the season goes on. And hopefully, we'll work them hard in, in the next four weeks, and there'll be a better version. Um, when we next get together. Yeah, I was going to say, was it, um, obviously, you know, you, you brought in two really experienced players. Obviously, uh, do, you, do you feel that that, that was, because as we always always said, although you said the uh, the players have got a lot of games under their belts now in this league and got enough experience, yeah. did you think having the having these two uh, players, Omar and, and Danny, coming in um, would, would blend with the youngsters and guide them through games and would make our, our league position, you know, stronger, even though we, we top, but we can build on that and it's just going to help the team in general. Yeah, definitely. I, I felt, you know, at Leverhead, um, maybe we had a lot of good technical players out on the pitch, um, but sometimes you need a different, different type of player and you need some warriors on the pitch that are just going to, you know, be prepared to head and fight and, and scrap and, and lead um, by their voice and, and talking. And um, when we had Aaron, when we had Alex Parsons, when we had Darren Budd all together, uh, I felt we had that in them and it was really good role models. Um, now, you know, circumstances um, has changed for a couple of those players. Um, Buddy's um, been ill the last couple of, of nights um, so he didn't want to take any chances with the current situation um, so then if we didn't have Buddy we didn't have Parsons and Aaron through their work um, we are a different sort of proposition uh, Danny Bath has been captain but he's not he's not a leader that's going to scream and shout he's just more does everything so professional and leads by example and his his performances I think are very consistent um, and that's what type of character he is um, so yeah I just felt that we needed that little bit of experience a little bit of now a little bit of know-how in certain games and um, certain moments and it might be games like East Thurrock when you know you are 2-0 up um, but you go down to 10 men and you know to have those kind of players to bring on uh, with their know-how and their, their knowledge, um, I think was, was, was really needed at, at that time. The Rebel Yell Podcast. So a great interview there from Adam Hinchwood. He's obviously gutted about being out another cup. You know, we haven't had our luck in the cup this season, have we? Two penalty shootouts, two penalty exits on the cups with the FA Cup preliminary rounds and the FA Trophy. Pete, you were there on Saturday. You made the long journey to Leiston or Leiston or wherever anyone says it. I, I you know Leiston. what I'm like? Oh, you know what Leiston. I'm like with my pronounce? Folkestone, Iceland and stuff like that. I can't even say anything right without Pete correcting me. But Pete, what was, how was the trip to that part of East Anglia or whatever it was, wherever you were on that Saturday or Suffolk or whatever? Well, I think it's well documented with it. Um, the, 
Worthing coach didn't get there till 25 past two. Um, the kickoff was delayed till 3.15. Um, so I expect Worthing might be getting a little little fine for that. But we, we did we did leave at um, quarter, quarter to 10. Uh, so you, you'd have thought it'd been plenty of time. But obviously the, the, the weather was horrendous. Um, you know, it was absolutely chucking it down. And obviously, you know, a coach driver can't, can't drive at normal speeds in those conditions. You know, he's got to slow down accordingly. Um, and we had to make an extra stop to pick up some of the players as well. Uh, some of the, the, you know, the London boys. So it was well documented what happened. Um, but on, on, on the pitch, uh, great game, great game. I, I thought left ourselves... It was know, a good open. comeback, wasn't it? We did keep on coming back. And that was, you know, exciting yeah. to hear when I was listening on the radio. Oh, you was listening. That's I was nice listening. I was. I was doing my delivery drive and I was listening uh, to you. And I did like the bit where you're like, oh, I've got 12% battery. I need to run to the press box so I don't lose you on the penalty. <laughs> so that did make me laugh. Yeah. Only at non league. Only at non league. You never get that on Sky Sports, would you? <laughs> well, that's it. Because they offered, well, the thing is, they offered us a press box from the, from the very start of the game. And I went, no, because, you know, it was all double glazed windows and everything. And I said, we're not going to pick up any of the crowd noise. So, no, I'll stay, I'll, I'll stay in the stand. Um, and the rain was sweeping in a bit and I was a bit worried about the laptop and everything. But I thought, and then it sort of stopped again and just moved the laptop and things like that. Uh, so that's when those pregnant pauses are, is when we, we're doing stuff that we've got to do that people don't realise is going on. Um, but, yeah, like you say, comes to penalties and the alert comes up on the on the computer and says uh, your battery's running low uh you know find some power and i was like oh, i'm gonna have to get into that press box and pray there's power so yeah listeners probably heard me running uh, yeah <laughs> probably it, was, did, it was quite funny yeah, probably didn't even realise I could run, to be honest. I mean, to be um, honest, if, if if I heard heavy panting like that, I would have wondered what sort of thing I was listening to, but we'll leave that to your imagination. <laughs> that's just your mind, James. Yeah, in the gutter, uh, so, in the gutter. <laughs> so we made it into the press box. And, and the thing is, I must apologise to Gary Cohen, because I, I just literally picked up the computer and left him, and he was doing the co-commentating with me. And, <laughs> and then I just, so because I, I just had to run and get to the press box before the penalty started. Um and then uh, it was Danny uh, who does the updates on Twitter. Who was in the press box? I don't. I don't know if you heard him on the commentary at all. I heard He's, it a couple of times. Yeah, saying so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So he does the uh, the Worthing Twitter updates. So he, he was in the press box along with the uh, one of the coaches who does the analysis, and I can't remember what his name is. I always forget his name. Um, so apologies to him. Uh, yes, yeah, so there was us three in the press box. Uh, very, very disappointed at the at the end of the shootout. But it was an, it was an entertaining game. You know, at the end of the day, it was four uh, four. It was a lot, as Adam said. You know, you get to penalties, it's it's a lottery. So, and we we've just been unlucky twice. But you know, I think we're not a cup team. We're a league team. That's why that's what I'm taking from it this season. I think, to be honest, though, you were probably quite glad you were in the press box because, obviously, if you did continue listening at the end of it after the penalties were over, there was a little bit of after. So, I think Pete went from football commentator to WWE commentator. I think he's giving good old JR Jim Ross a run for his money after sort of commenting on the little afters that was going on on the pitch there. Yeah, I don't know what was going on because, basically, once it was all finished, I was I was going down to my computer looking at the comments and thanking people, as I, as I always do, because we always look at the comments, as you know, and, and thank people for listening. Um, so I was about to switch off, and then Danny says, oh, hold on, it's all kicking off, yeah? So I poked my head back up, and, and yeah, it was all kicking off. Uh, basically, it was, it was everyone. 
I think it was both both benches, <laughs> all the players. Uh, it was just yeah, and I'm I'm sure there was you know there was there was punches thrown. Uh, a Worthing player ended up down on the floor. Couldn't see who it was because it was there was loads of legs in the way. But yeah, it'd be interesting to read the uh, referees' match report after I that one. Certainly but, think it would. Um, I mean, I, I've been glad to be on the co-coms with you against Potters Bar this month, which was a good old uh, comeback from Worthing. Get, kept us on our knees. Uh, I think my heart rate went through the roof at one stage, you know, because we don't do it easy, do we? But I think I need. Oh yeah, on that, on that. Before you carry on, James, yeah. on that note, should I, should I make my confession of, on... Yeah go on. yeah, go on. So, Pete, why did the commentator mic cut off? As we got towards injury time. Yeah. yeah. Right. Um, there's a switch on my microphone, mm-hmm. and I think I, I think I was getting tense because <laughs> it's too hard up, and I accidentally toggled the switch to off. <laughs> yeah, but the best thing about it is then you make me look around the laptop, unplugging, restarting, thinking, so you know exactly what happened, so you're making me look I like didn't... the techno guy. I didn't at that point. I didn't at that point. And then he realised, but he didn't then, tell me till we were off air because he knew I'd give him stick about it. Um, but it could have been a good reason to sack me because I know for a fact there's a certain individual that we all love at Worthing FC who stands behind the goal on most days. Everyone knows him. And that certain individual has probably put myself, Gary, and all other co-commentators out of a job because I think Kev Golds, there's some comedy gold that we're going to play in a minute. But Pete, what was it like? You find it bad enough keeping myself under control. I mean, we've got Gary, he's quite good and, you know, he keeps himself control. You find myself, myself... I'm quite hard to rein in sometimes, but Kev must have been something else. Um, he, he was absolutely brilliant, and sometimes I just, I, I was just like, I couldn't, I'm, I can, I can hear myself laughing as I'm as I'm yeah. commentating on the game. Um, he was just, he, he was just abs, abs, absolute, absolute quality. Yeah, abs, absolute quality, and yeah, it's a t- t- total Worthing legend. Uh, been going for years respected you know respected by all the fans and to have him on the commentary um was it was an absolute pleasure pleasure and a privilege to be honest well without further ado if you were at the match and you haven't heard it or you just want to hear it again here's kev's best bits from uh, his commentary debut with pete at east norwich rebel yell dot live So it looks like usual three at the back today. Yeah, 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 yeah. Do you think when Papo's fit, we'll go to a four? Is it, uh, no, oh, I die, ain't got a clue. <laughs> <laughs> you know, Adam's a manager, not me. You'd like to be though. Yeah, yeah. But having said that, I think I'd do a better job than Adam. <laughs> <laughs> Contra- controversy straight away. There you go, there you go. Con- then you heard it first here. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's what you come to watch football for, balls like that. Absolutely. Oh, I've got a pair too. <laughs> <laughs> nah, I mean, come on, come on. I mean, seriously now, it's got to be a red, isn't it? He's got one yellow. Another yellow. Equals a red. Oh! Good right, point. well, it looks like Adam Hinshaw is going into the book here. Wow, yeah. that's... Yeah, it's a yellow card for Adam. <laughs> no, that's that's absolutely stupid. The ref, a proper one. Put it that way. That's all I'm going to say about it. <laughs> no, Dyson, really, Dyson has ripped a few of them players a new one, and he's got ripped to pieces there. Yeah. 
<coughs> and it, and he's looked at them. Obsessed in about the bell. I mean, my mate, that, that number four of theirs is long enough to be continued. My mate, he's a size. <laughs> Agbula. Is that his name? Yeah, Mike Ag- Agbula. About six foot, and then he got, starts getting frosty. He, he walks around. He walks around in August with snow on his head. <laughs> no, no. I mean, let it go on, Rick. You. Oh dear. I'm crying here. Referee, another referee that wanna be our player. Put that beer down, please. <laughs> What's in that flask, Kev? Eh? I thought you was professional. <laughs> it wasn't a dirty power, I mean it was one of them. And the referee now. Now. Now he doesn't give that one that the air manager got a, a yellow card for, but he gives that silly one. You know, it was a 50-50, okay, he went down. But the referee is so inconsistent, it's absolutely ridiculous. So, it's better than VAR though, isn't it? Oh, yeah, At least we can moan about the ref. I love VAR, I do. <laughs> <laughs> It's gonna be. We've got we've got somebody online who's asking for your autograph. I beg your pardon. Somebody online is asking for your autograph. In the chat. My autograph. I will give it to you in the chat. Thank you very much. Whoever you are. <laughs> I love you. <laughs> Zenga. I love all Worthing fans. I love all Worthing fans. Whether right. I dislike them or not. <laughs> Um, <laughs> I'm getting old. <laughs> I couldn't see. Oh, I was taking a drag. I mean, I, I didn't even. <laughs> He's having a vape, actually. Oh, it's easy throwing. I've got no, my vape, vape here. Yeah. I don't um, smoke. I think it's disgusting. <laughs> <laughs> so, Dean, put that bloody fag out. Get back in and listen to the radio, please. Alright, <laughs> <laughs> now, mate. He looks fun, So, nice bit of football again yeah, there. Bloody lovely. Yeah, I, I did swear there, I said B, but it was lovely, I mean, he, he enjoyed that, Kevin enjoyed really it. Really nice, really nice. So it's Ricky that's is... To, that's what I come to football to watch, that sort of move. And Kev's, Kev's gone for a walk somewhere. Kevin's telling the press people off. <laughs> <laughs> I had to have <laughs> Shouldn't be on Tinder really, should it? Oh, exactly. Phones should be banned from football. Want to watch that one? If it's televised. I lose my listeners when it's televised. You know, that's <laughs> yeah, what no, I said. It, I said it's live. And on. I didn't listen to you last week because I watched it on. Yeah, oh, thanks. Thanks. Don't we just no, 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 no. <laughs> Let's face it. I mean, yeah, you're going to prefer to watch exactly. it. I understand. And we look very I good. Understand. But they need a decent commentator on there, don't they? Oh, of course they do. Exactly. <laughs> That's why I'm, that is why I've just come on here, because I'm just a spare one, <laughs> you know. A spare. Couldn't get nobody else, so, yeah, Kev, can you do it, will you? <laughs> <laughs> I think I think there was a bit of a, a clamour for you to do it today, Kev, in the group, to be honest. You. No, yeah. I can't understand it myself, can you? <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 
Fiala. It's Fiala. Yeah. I said he had to score a goal. He had to score today. It was a beautiful... I really don't think that was a shirt, Paul. I think he got stuck in between his fingers. <laughs> what do you think of this position watching the game rather than behind the goal like you usually are? I'd rather be behind the goal, but... I mean, I'll do it every now and again, you know. All depends. People might not want me to do it again, but if they do, I'll do it again, yeah. And you can swear behind the goal as well, can't you? You definitely can swear. You can cuss. I'm a little cur. <laughs> I'm still purring about Moe's goal. I'm still purring here. No, oh, and he's, he always give it away. And then Cameron Tuts. Cameron Tuts. Yeah, it was, it was a mistake there by... Danny, was, Barker yeah, Danny Barker mistake, he left out. Cameron Tut in trouble and then yeah, Cameron Tut could be off here, he could be off because he, he because did he look a heavy Danny challenge. There. Yeah. He had to cover for Danny. No, that was Danny Barker, my mate. What was that all about, my mate? No. Mm. Um, um, I'm biting my lip, sorry. That's all I'm saying, I'm biting my lip. I'm biting my thumb and lips, but I'm not going to. <laughs> He's for again. Side oh, flag. He couldn't have been offside. There's no way he was offside. He's uh, onside. And Golden is down. Oh, and Holly's come on to give him attention. Where did he come from? Farrak? <laughs> Farrak, me. <laughs> Come on, Red! So Emma's up with that misfit. Golden bloody. Oh well, sorry. Am I on? You didn't swear. No. <laughs> but you can't. Misfit is a little bit of a naughty thing. Mongol's child. That's politically incorrect. <laughs> sorry, listeners. All three of you. <laughs> Omar's just gone off ten minutes ago. Now Omar's taking the f***ing penalty. Oh, taking the penalty. The blooming penalty. So. Game over. Boom, boom. Let's smack the room. The Rebel Yell Podcast. My side's still hurt now, Pete, from listening to those comments. I mean, it's brilliant. And, you know, I can't wait to have Kev back on it. You know, if you have to sack me for Kev, I would take that any day because it was so, <laughs> so, so good. And, uh, you know, what a pleasure. And I guess it's something completely different because, uh, and I do apologise if anyone was offended by any of the words on that, but it's all, if you know Kev, it's all, uh, it's all said in, uh, in jest. It's nothing, nothing about that. But Kev Golds, stay what you do because we love you, mate. We love you. Um, too much fun, Pete. Yeah, absolutely. It, it was, it, yeah, yeah, too funny, too funny. Moving on, obviously, you've, uh, you have you follow Worthing, I'll say countrywide, but it's not really countrywide, it's more so, so, southern wide, matches home and away. 
you always seem to pick up on quirky or little things on away days. Is there anything this month you've seen? Is there anything you, you've seen this month that you quite like? I mean, you had a good old curry at Potter's Bar because you decided to uh, finish work about four hours early and drive up there while you're waiting for everyone going, oh, I need friends. I'm going to have a curry instead. Yeah, so, yeah, I was working in Orpington, Kent last, last, that day. So it's only, it's an error from, from the M25. So I did get up there quite early at, at five o'clock. Uh, so uh, as you wait, boys, boys know, I went for a sauna first. Um, what kind of uh, sauna did you have? Was there any special extras you paid for or anything, Pete? I don't know. I didn't go in there to be honest. Oh, okay. so I, I just, I just, I just put, a, I just put a photo on the away boys chat because it was this uh, dodgy looking sauna place where, where, I, where I was parked. Um, but over the road from that, there was a lovely, yeah, there was, a, there was a curry house. So I went for a lovely chicken booner, a nice pilau rice, and, a, and an arm bread and a, a pint of cobra, and it set me up beautifully for the match. And luckily, it didn't follow through when I was standing next to the commentary box with him because that I was kind of thinking, James. "Oh God, oh God, is there going to be some wind on this match?" Luckily, the only wind was the wind blowing the trees in the middle of the night with the rain. So, Trish is slow over time. Oh, you know me, mate. Always, always. But talking about the away boys, we we really it's been great because we want to have fans from all over the fan base at Worthing, and uh, we've been able to get Dean Thrower, who is one of the founding members of the away boys, and he's going to talk to us about how it was all formed and his history and love of Worthing. So, Dean, thank you for joining us. How are you doing, mate? Yeah, not too bad. How have you been keeping over the past, uh, well, few weeks, I think, and with the announcement of lockdown, a month of without football coming up, it's going to be tough, isn't it? Oh, it's not going to be good, is it? Um, obviously, so I understand the reasons behind it, but obviously after last season, the way it ended, and now into a new season, and it's going, it's sort of going the same way, isn't it? It's, it Mm. It is a bit of a concern, especially with top of the league again flying and and it's all could just come crashing down around their ears again. So it's um it's it's a big worry really, isn't it? It's Yeah, it is. Not- I mean we don't know what's obviously gonna happen with the league yet. We're yet to hear from the announcement as we record this podcast. But I mean, do you personally think we'll be able to complete the season? I don't know. A couple of weeks ago someone said that to me. And my thought is, I'm not sure how we're going to complete the season. If it if this keeps happening, and they keep and they do postpone our league, so we we don't actually play, you're going to fall into another trap of come July next year. There's still going to be games to play, and then you're going to be getting ready for the next season. So it's. The crossovers and things like that could be an issue. If if this isn't the last lockdown, if say January we have another massive spike of this, and they decide to do it again, all of a sudden we're going to have a really big problem. And I mean, my original thought was they should have stopped last season and then carried it on when it was yeah. safe to do so, and then that way you probably would have got that season in the space of two, and then ready to start a new season. Hopefully, when things are better. Yeah, I was going to say that because it's it's just seems a coincidence that we've played eight games this season and now it's come to a grinding halt when we had eight games left of last yeah. season. So it was more logical sense that should have completed last season, really. But obviously, the National League and everything would, would have all been out of line because that, that will sort of finish with the playoffs. So, so complicated. Yeah, there's, um, there's so many rules and, and everything has to link, doesn't it? Like you say, it's like right from the very top all the way down the timing has to be right and 
that that's the way it is. So, unfortunately, we've just got to deal with the situation that it is. And we, we can rely on the people at our club, at Worthing, because they know what they're doing, they're handling it well. And um, we just got to hope that that we come out the other side and, and the league finishes and we're at the top there. I mean, I know on our chat group, there's been a few comments saying, um, you know, games like the Sussex Senior Cup, which we are playing this week, should be yeah. sort of cancelled for this season because obviously there's, if a season's postponed for a month, there's going to be a lot of games to catch up on. As you say, if it happens again in January or February, if they continue the season, it might be. Do you think, you know, it's the Cup's played for pride of Sussex, really. There's no sort of financial gain in it. We're already out the trophy in the FA Cup. So do you think it would be a good idea to curtail that and cancel that now? Uh, yeah, probably, to be fair. Do you know what? I, lo- I love the Sussex Senior Cup. Yeah. It's, it's something I've always... Ever since going back to when I first started going to watch it, it's something I always look forward to because you get to go to these little grounds which are out of the way to county league sides. And you really start, you build up your ground, hopping to, to a point following Worthing. Um, and I've always loved it. But I think that the league has to take priority, from, from our point of view anyway, the league is the priority. Um, obviously, we're, we're out of the Cups now and they're, they're facing a situation where you've got non, non-league sides now playing conference sides and league sides. And I, I, I think I read somewhere that that's going to be a case of fans will be allowed in for that one game. So it, it, it's all a mess, really. So it's, I mean, at least we're in a position now, OK, we've got the senior and we're, we're going to participate in that. But we can really just concentrate on the league. So we haven't got all these other distractions going on around us. So... Fingers crossed. I mean, it's uh, it's something we want to get to, and you know, we've we've started the season off really, really well uh, so far. We are we are on a run. Yeah, we are at the cups, which is obviously a very disappointing thing for us. You know, a bit of cup glory is is fun, but I guess we we should start looking back at really good times and just tell us a bit about how you came to support Worthing and you know um, the sort of starting of your fanship of the club. Where, how did it all start, Dean? Um. Oh blimey, probably. I think it was about 13, 14, 15 years ago, something like that. It was a long time ago. Yeah. Um, I moved to Worthing when I was about 13 years old. Mm-hmm. And uh, Where did you move from? I lived, well, originally I come from London. Yeah. And then I lived in a place called Swanley in Kent. Oh, yeah, yeah. And when I lived in Swanley, um, I used to go with a few mates. We used to go and watch Maidstone United in the old Division 4. We yeah. were like, we, every now and again, because Dartford was down the road, they shared with them. So when I come to Worthing... I really wanted to, I, I, love, I always loved football and I wanted to watch live football. So uh, a couple of kiddies who lived down the road where I was living, they, they turned around and said, well, we, we go and watch Worthing sometimes. So we got on our bikes. So I was about 13 years old, went for a ride down there. I went to a few games and um, then after a period of time, like school took over and you know, you know it's when you're a kid. And uh, then... It was probably, it was a lot of years later because I got a job and I worked for QuickFit for a long time. So I worked every single Saturday for probably about eight years. I didn't get Saturdays off. So football was, was, was never in the picture. I got a new job at weekends free and I was like, you know what? I'm going back down to Worthing. And first game I went back to, I think it was a friend against Millwall. And I think we lost 1-0, to be fair. <laughs> Not too but, bad. No, and uh, from that point, uh, I was like, you know what, I'm just going to keep going. And then it got to 
the first league game. I think this was the first season we actually got rele- we, we got relegated out of the um, Premier, and this first season back down in what was the Ryman South then, and we lost to Sitting Ball I think on the first game, and then I was like, "There's a away game midweek at Croydon Athletic," so I jumped in the car after work, went straight up there, and I met a few of the boys who are still around now. Um, Kev Gold, you talk about. <laughs> Uh, he was there, and that's the first time I really met Kev. And from that point on, I just never looked back. Really, I just did, did. You support like a sort of professional football team in the time being, and sort of got drawn to the love of non-league because that's how I found myself involved. I know Pete's the exact same. You know, there's some real charm around the non-league scene, especially with us lot at Worthing as well. Yeah. Uh, well, uh, since I was probably about six years old, I've been a Manchester United fan. Yeah. And <laughs> I mean, it's a grief for that, and I, yeah. but Lo- local um, fan and all that, yeah, local fan. Yeah, but I did used to go, I did used to go up to Old Trafford a lot. And to be fair, though, is- mate, you look at the team class of '92, and you know, that is what drew me towards football. I mean, I watched a documentary on Amazon the other day about the class of '92, and that team and culminating in the '99 Champions League final. If you were just a football fan, that was just an amazing time, yeah, yeah, definitely. I mean, I used to, um, I used to go with my cousin, we used to fly up there. We used to go to Gatwick, get a plane up, go to the game. We bed and breakfast for the night and come back the next day. And but that was part of the reason I went back to Worthing, to, to well to non-league to be honest with you, because it was costing like a few hundred quid a time. So I, I got to a point where it's like this is a this is a lot of money yeah. for ninety football. As much as I love it, and at that point. I've got kids, I've got missus, and, um, and I've got a mortgage I had to pay. So it was just like, you know what, let's, let's go and watch um, let's go and watch Worthing. And that that was part of the reason why I um, started going back down there. And I, I, Once I went, that was it, you just hooked. It just it just gets you. Um, Kev used to say to me, he goes, Worthing's like a drug. Once you go, you're addicted. He goes, and you, it's very difficult to break. And I couldn't disagree with that at all, to be honest with you. Yeah, I, t- I totally agree with you there. Like, you know, I-, I went a couple of seasons ago, went to one game on the recommendation of a friend, and that was it. I haven't really missed a, a game since. Yeah, it- it's unbelievable. And it- I mean, bearing in mind, when I started going, there was probably, I mean, we was getting gates of like 250, 300, and you didn't ha- even have that atmosphere that you've got now. It was... It was very, there wasn't no real singing. Your game, if there's a big game, you get some singing and stuff like that. But it wasn't like consistent like it is every game now. And um, But it was just, I think it was just a love of the, love of, love of the club in some ways. You just sort of just got drawn into it. It didn't matter that that, that wasn't all there. There was just something about, this, about that club that just grabs hold of you. And that's... Um, and that's that's why probably what nearly fifteen years later I'm still still there every week. It's that sort of draw. It feels like a little family. I mean, we we all love each other. We all have our little disagreements and arguments. But you know, once again, that we're all worthing at the end of the day. And you know, we go to these away games. We have share lifts with everyone. You know, everyone's putting in groups. going up in the car. Anyone would jump in, and it's that real nice atmosphere. I mean, you know, you go on away coaches with the team, and you have a victory, and they're all on the beers. And you know, can you imagine doing that with United or you know any sort of professional team? It's crazy. Yeah, you just don't you don't get that closeness. Yeah, that that's the beauty of non-league. 
I mean, <clears throat> you can't go to a Premier League game and stand in the bar having a drink with a player after. No, you no know, chance. Unless where, you pay hundreds of quid for it. <laughs> that, that's it. And, uh, but that's the, that's the beauty of, of non-league, because you're standing in the bar after and suddenly you stand next to two or three players and they want to talk to you. Hmm. You, you. You turn around and you say, good game. And they will stand there and they'll have that, have that conversation with you. And you'll say, well, that's a dodgy tackle. Well, where he's coming for it. And they'll give you their side of it. And yeah. That's all part of it. That's that, that's the beauty of non-league. So I yeah, love I, it as well. Yeah, yeah. I mean, even up to. I, see, I don't know, really know where that stops because I've, I've heard from um, different people. Even when you get up to like Crawley's level, that there's still there is still a bit of interaction there. But mm. it's having that full interaction with with the players is absolutely unbelievable. I, I really do enjoy that. Yeah, I think that's one of the things, you know, I, I really enjoyed about it. You know, you can get to know the players and also you can, you can even give them some grief. They don't mind it. They'll take a bit of banter if you go, how, how on earth did you miss that or whatever? Um, you know, you, you can criticise them and they'll, they'll take it and have a laugh with you. I think Biggs yeah. summed that up when we uh, played Met Police in the pre-season and uh, Ollie Pierce missed the penalty. He goes, hey, Ollie, are you taking penalties this season for us? And Pierce, looked, he looked kind of hacked off, but I think he understood the banter. And if you know Chris Biggs, you know he's all about banter anyway. Yeah, yeah, that's what he's like. I mean, I, I, I remember years ago um, playing Bogner and we had a player called Mike Huckett, who yeah, absolute diamond of a, of a player, really nice geezer. And uh, at the end of season dues, I was, me and him had always been the last two leaving leaving the bar. We had to throw us out most of the time. <laughs> but he he missed a penalty against Bogner, and he walked at the end of the season dues. He walked in, he and he was gutted. It's still, it was like ages after. And he goes, "I let you all down." He goes, "I literally let you all down." He goes, "I missed that penalty at Bogner," and um, everyone's like, "Well, it's one of those things." But he he really held it like. It really hurt him, really, and you to get to see that personal side of how much something hurts a player. You're thinking you can't blame him because he, he hasn't done this on purpose. Do you know what I mean? He's he's gave it his best shot, and you can actually see the pain. And it was just like you don't get that anywhere else. It, it, like there's a lot of criticism over Pogba last night. He he didn't turn up. You can't. No one can tell how upset he is about his performance or anything like that. Mm. He does a quick interview, and that's it. At this level, you can see the, the player, how the players react to the situation, and that that's that's a really nice thing to see. And then I think you just like, you don't hold it against the players because you can see that it's hurt them. You just like yeah, yeah, and, then, and you let it go, don't you? Do you know what I mean? But, but Premier League fans, they hold grudges for weeks. It'll be on chats. It'll be over the internet. Oh, yeah. it, it's it, and that's another beauty of non-league. Yeah, I guess. Me. I mean, at the end of the day, you know, that, that's the thing that I think they're always receptive to it. And I think they quite like it when, you know, if, you, if you're completely slating them, obviously it's not nice. But you know what we do? You sort of say, oh, you know, missed a tackle there or, you know, not the best game today. And they, they appreciate it. They understand. They say, yeah, I didn't have a great game. Um, what, what I'm really interested in, what I'm looking forward to talking to you about is the formation of the away boys. I mean, I know you're one of the founding members. So you said back in the day there was like crowds of 200 odd. Um, yeah. So that must have been quite hard originally. So what was the, t- tell us the sort of, why did you decide to sort of form a singing group and sort of, you know, a, a sort of a way boys sort of fanatics as it ended up being, um, obviously with the merger of two sort of fan groups. But, you know, tell us your side of it and how the away boys were started. Um, 
there's um, a member of the group you, you were both know, Charlie, Charlie Silver. Um, we was at Burgess Hill. Burgess Hill just won the title, and we went down there, and it was just a day out. We, it, we, there's nothing to play for. They're already champions, and Charlie hadn't been going that long. It, I think it was probably he started like sometime in that season, and he come up and he started talking to us because we. we like we've always said, and we always tell everyone, we're all we're approachable, uh, and that's what we want people to do. And and Charlie come over and he got involved, and started talking to us. And um, he said to me, we said it was second half, and we we won the game. And he, he we stand there, and he goes to me, says, you know what? He goes, I love coming down here. He goes, I used to go and watch QPR and everything back in the day. He goes, the only thing that really disappoints me is we don't sing. And I was like. Oh, okay. <laughs> and I was like, well, we can sort that out. And he goes, we've not really got many songs. We had all, all the old classic songs, like I'd rather be a rebel than a rock. And yeah. we're not in private. They've been around for years. And so we've done a few verses. And I said, I've, I said, I've got a song for you. And of course, we're winning away. And that season, we had a really good away record. So I just said to him, right, let's sing, we're the Worthing, the mighty Worthing, we always win away. And all the other boys heard, and that was it. It just like, we're all standing behind the goal. If you've been to Burgess Hill, which I know you have, you've got like the bit outside the bar, the raised section. Mm. And we're all standing there, and we just started singing this song. And uh, and as the players come out, we carried on singing it, and they were dancing, and it was like, hang on a minute, this is, this is something really good. And that was probably it for a little while. There, there was no real mention. It, at that point, I didn't really think about starting a group. It, it, that come a little bit later on. Because uh, for me, I love writing a football song or rewriting a football song, should I yeah. say. So if I hear something that another club's done, I was like, how can I make that worthing? And, that, and that's what I did. I've, I've always wanted a platform to try and, and do stuff like that. And... Um, that's when it started occurring to me. I was like, hang on a minute, I've got all these boys here who like, they, they really want to have a good time. They want to have a sing song. And I like, I like doing songs and that, so we can do something. And um, we got to a point where it was the end of season due. And they were trying, George had just taken over and they wanted to raise money to redo the stand. And uh, Mr. Kevin Golds, once again, He's going, right, he goes, I'm going to get some money for, for this stand. So he's gone round to everyone. He's going, right, put some money in, help the away boys out. Put some money in, help, help all, all the boys to go away, the away boys out. And uh, people were putting money in. He even tapped Morty up for 10 quid. So, <laughs> <laughs> he got 10 quid out of Morty for it. And it was probably about, probably about two weeks after that, I was sitting, I was just sitting on the set, watching... A program on the TV, and I was looking through my phone and saying, um, the Homestyle Fanatics from Crystal Palace, there was a post come up from them. And I looked through and I thought, this is really good. And I was like, do you know what? I'm going to try something here. And I texted a couple of the boys, I think I texted Charlie and a few others, I said, I'm, I'm going to make a Facebook page here and, we, and we'll see what happens. And then I was like, what do I call it? What do I call What name? And it just stuck in my head, Kev going around saying, the away boys help the away boys. Um, so, um, that, that's where the name come from because he walked around saying, help the away boys. 
So I put the Facebook page out and I think we got about four likes. <laughs> I think four people liked it after probably about a week. And then all the and then it went up to about ten, but it was all your usual people like Nick and um all all the all the regulars from What year was this? What year was this roughly? This would have been twenty fifteen. Twenty fifteen, cool. So I was just like, is is this is this gonna work? Do I give up on it? And um a lot of the boys were going, no, 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 don't give up. We'll just keep it running and see what happens. And at this point, I've, I've come up with, um, yeah, I don't know if you remember the Ricky Banks song, Ricky Banks' Magic. I rewrote that because we just signed it from Lewis. So it's Ricky Banks' Magic, he wears a magic hat. He could have stayed at Lewis. He didn't fancy that. <laughs> and um, we uh, went away to Crimp and Casuals for the first game of the next season. And by this point, there still wasn't a great deal on Facebook or Twitter or Instagram or anything like that. And me and Paul Gray stood behind the goal and I said to Paul, shall we try to get some singing going? And he goes, uh, why not? He goes, let's do that Ricky, Ricky Banks song. So it's me and him standing there singing this song and everyone around us just stopped. Literally, they just stopped and looked at us as though we were mad because Ricky just made this really good save. And they're like, I said, and I'm sort of nudging Paul, we're like, going, I don't, know, I don't know if this is working, mate. He goes, just keep going, keep going. So we kept going, and then we don't, and we tried doing some of the other, like the old songs and everything, and just try to make a bit of an atmosphere. And it didn't really work, but we had a laugh, do you know what I mean? So at the time, it was like that. Um, uh, midweek, we played the home game at Bogner. Funny enough, uh, we had the problems with our floodlights. I think we played Bolton Casuals and Omar scored after about 19 seconds or something like that. And uh, I said, to, there was me, Paul and a few others again. And we started singing this song again. And some of the young lads were there who had started their own group, the Fanatics. So, and they used to make a little bit of noise at home and everything. And they, they had some good songs on, on the go as well. And they started joining in with us. And like it's like this too this isn't too bad. And I think the next home game, we all we was all down the far end of Woodside and there was a little bit of singing going on. And what used to happen was the second half everyone would come down and we would stand under in the in the shed and all the youngsters would stand in the outside bit to the right hand side. This particular day, everyone come and just stood they just followed us and stood underneath in the shed end. And all of a sudden, everyone started singing. And, uh, and I just looked at Charlie and I was like, this could work. This, could, this, this is a start here. And um, from there, we, we started, started working on new songs. And so basically, it all started from one, one comment from Charlie at Burgess Hill, where he told me, we don't sing enough. Yeah. <laughs> and that was it. And I looked for influences around. I, there's not many ultras groups really you can look at if you know what I mean, but it, the, probably the biggest one at the time were the homes there. So I looked at how they done things. Whitehawk have obviously got an ultras group, but yeah. very, very different probably to what we are. And same as Eastbourne, Eastbourne town. They're, they're, I don't think they're as old as what we are. Whitehawk were definitely around a bit before us. And Enfield town, Enfield town ultras, they were, they were another, they were doing really well at the time. So it was just the right time to try and do something. And, as I say, all of a sudden, it just all fell together. When everyone got under, got under the cover at the shed end and started singing, and that was 
really where it, where it all kicked off from that point there. I mean, I think I look at it and I think it's it's obviously for you from 2015, it's clearly grown season by season and you've obviously seen the fan fanship and the fan group grow. And, you know, every time you're sort of, I mean, Pete and I now, if we're commentating at Woodside Road, we see like the away boys and it looks fantastic and the noise we make. Um, it's just amazing. I mean, what what always I wonder for, so we've got some really, really creative songs. We really do. And some brilliant, brilliant songs. Where do you take your inspiration from? Is it like sitting, listening on the radio or seeing it on TV or, you know, what do you do? Because, I, you know, you've got to have some sort of creative spark to some some of the songs that you've penned over the years and they've kicked off. Um, I mean, they're fantastic. Um, inspiration. See, that goes back, back to my days of going to watch Premier League football. Um, I used to go to a pub in Manchester outside Old Trafford and there was there's a man there called Pete Ball. And every every weekend he's there and he stands on his podium and he sells CDs of songs that he writes and everything. And uh, he he stands there and he'll just start singing and he gets the whole pub and like you can hear it miles down the road you can hear the you can hear them singing these songs at the pub. And I I got fascinated by it. It was just something. It's like where, like you just said. Where does he get this inspiration? Where where does he where's he get it from? And um, I, I just sat there one day and, and there was a particular song I heard and I, and I just started singing along to it. I changed the words. Oh, that's not bad. A lot of, most of what I do now is I'll, I'll sit and I'll go through YouTube and I'll find songs from clubs in Division 2 in Scotland or something where they've got original idea. I think that's not bad and then I'll try and rework and then I'll work on it and then I'll change it into something that, that we can use. So it, it, they're not all completely original. I mean, every Saturday, when I come up, when I've done that one, um, I'd heard Rangers, Glasgow Rangers do it. I was like, that's brilliant. That is such a good song. And um, I think, uh, who was it? It was a non-league side using it as well. I can't think of it. I can't think of it was now. I think they've gone out of business to be fair, but they were, they were doing it. And that was it. I couldn't find anywhere else apart from the original, which was Napoli. No, no one was doing this song. And I thought, this is such a big song. And it probably took me about a week of sitting there working. It. And I was like, that's it. I've got it. And I posted it to a few of the boys. Um, no, probably Hayden and Carl and that from, from Fanatics because they're really, really good at getting stuff going. So um, I sent it to them, and I remember, funny enough, we was in Leiston or Leiston, however you pronounce it, and Hayden and myself stood there, and we started singing every Saturday. We followed, and um, Kev goes to and said, that'll never catch on. He goes, it's boring. He goes, he, goes, he goes, there's no beat to it or nothing. And I was like... <laughs> Hang on a minute. I was like, and I was like, no, no, no. I've I've heard this. I've heard this done by Ray, and it absolutely rocks. And I said, hey, and Hayden goes, no. He goes, this will work. And it took quite a while. And I remember standing in the shed, and all of a sudden, everyone started singing it. And then the drums started. And from that moment on, when it got to the 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 Ali 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 bit, it just absolutely rocked I've, and I stood there and I was just like I can't believe this this is this is something else and everywhere everyone's jumping around they all build out that anticipation for that for that last time from from the bars and everyone just jumped jumped up and started jumping out this is brilliant and I think 
so a lot of my inspiration it just comes from stuff which which i find just just sitting going through youtube i mean i've probably got a whole book full of songs which haven't even i haven't even put out to anyone yet i was going to say when kieran pament returned to the club last year in january and uh pament scoring all the time 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 was it the paul george song i thought that was is it paul george or whoever it is i can't remember it is but that that's really original that was Hayden Baker. Was it Hayden that one? Yeah. Yeah, he 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 came up with that. Um, me and him right from the start, it, it was sort of like me and him. We we used to like share ideas. It's like um, uh, the Reds Reds song. Um, I found the found the video. Hibs done that. Hibs Hibs. Yeah. And I sent it to Hayden. I said, "This tune, it's run around too." I said, "This is a really good tune." I said. We've got to do something with it. And then I'd write something, he'd write something, I'd write something. And none of it, it just never seemed good enough. And I'm such, for me, it has to be good. Do you know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, I'm not I, 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 watching the person who, who inspired me to do this. He, I watched interviews with him and stuff like that. And it has to be perfect and mm. before he will um, before he'll, he'll put it out there. And I'm pretty much the same. And uh, so this song kept banding back as well. Then suddenly Hayden turned up at the club because look at this, and he passed me this thing, and I read through it, reds, reds across the land, and I was like, that's brilliant. And we had it going by the end of the afternoon, and it it was that simple. It is a good song that one. I want to like that. Yeah. Is there is there any um, songs that have absolutely bombed that you've sort of put out there and it just haven't caught on? Um. I don't, not, not particularly. Some of them have taken a long time to get. George Dow had a dream, took Brilliant. took months and months to get going. Took so long to get going, it was ridiculous. Um, and even at the start, when I first started trying getting that going, people were just singing the the end bit where um, we're in FC. We're on our way back. That's all they were singing. I'm like, there's so much more to this song. And then I, I can't remember who it was, but a couple of people like no, the rest of it's good, and they started singing it, and it caught on. But it, that, that, I mean, that's one of my favourites, to be fair. But um, I was going to say, what that... is your exact favourite song? What would you say that if you could say you could pick one song that we we're only allowed one song for the rest of our time? Say COVID lockdown rules, we're only allowed one song to sing at the ground, and we can only play one song. What would you choose? No one, I choose. <laughs> What I've, what I've done, I, see, there's two. There, there was a player song for, when Ira Jackson was with us. Yeah. And I'd done one for Ira Jackson. And it was a bit of, um, it was a, bit of a dig at, at Premier League football because they done, they done my, was it, is it Sheik Munsur who wrote, or whatever his name is, Ryan's Man City. And they sung, sung this song about him that he went to Spain in a Lamborghini. I brought us back a manager. His name is Pellegrini, and I was just like, I was like, ah. Oh. So I was like, John, obviously Gary and John were in charge at the time, and I was like, I'll make a little bit of a statement out of this. It was John Meany. He went to Kent in a banged-out Datsun, brought us back a new winger. His name is Ira Jackson, <laughs> and um, and people said, well, why banged-out Datsun? I said, because they've got the money in the Premier League. We haven't, yeah. so well, well, we're not. You're not going to drive to Kent in a Lamborghini, so. 
and it was just about making it about about us and I, I really loved that song and when we got it going it, it was really good it's just a shame that he that he's stayed with us for so short and that and it was like a really good song that that didn't really get enough usage but um maybe it inspired i think if i pick my favorite probably it was. saturday yeah every saturday's a good one every yeah saturday. Maybe. that's my favorite every, yeah <laughs> Yeah, yeah, I do I, love Alay Alay. It does. It's so good, and when you hear everyone singing it, and you know in the stands, and you've got that echo. You know, you hear it. Things like the Bogner games. I mean, mem- memories last season, anyways. It was, but hearing it every Saturday playing out in the stand is just unreal. I think a bit a big part of you going back to the inspiration thing. I think one of the big parts of inspiration was we played Bolton Hersham away, and this this wasn't long after we started doing the. Uh, we always went away, and because I was, uh, it was my suggestion to to do that, even though it, it wasn't my suggestion, it was it was done by a lot of other clubs. But it was just something that stuck in my head at the time, and we we kept singing it and singing it. And we was leaving Walton and Hersham, and you have to walk out and the car park, sort of where the car park is, it backs onto the changing rooms. And we won that night, and you could hear the whole team singing. We always went away, and I was like. That's brilliant. That's absolutely brilliant. And that's I, and yeah, that's it. Feels you just like it just gives you that feeling, doesn't it? Do you know what I mean? And I was just like, not, yeah, that's the one. That, that is it. I mean, now it sort of happened again in the with the playoffs with that with that Ricky Banks song when we actually got promoted. You could hear from the changing room all the players singing Ricky Banks's magic, and then yeah. he come out and was all outside, and Ricky Banks is standing. Everyone's singing it at him. It was just like. You know what? I was fitting a tire at work, and I just had, and I just heard this. Uh, I was thinking of the Roy Keane song at the time, I think, and it I was like, how can I change that? And and it just come out, it come out like that, and I'd, so it's gone from me fitting a tire at work, and suddenly the whole team's singing it, joy, you know I mean? and it's just a, it's a really nice feeling when when things like that work. Yeah, I mean, that's, again, a thing you wouldn't get necessarily at those Premier League clubs. Yeah, they probably do sing the odd chance in the changing room that they hear on the pitch, but you're never going to be able to do that with the fans, really, are you? No, that's it. I mean, when we played um, Dagenham away, and we're, it was it was mental, obviously, because we just beaten the conference national side. But you had all the players literally in front of us, all dancing around, singing, singing. They were singing back at us, and it was it's a great feeling, really. No. I, you just can't beat it. There's nothing like it. So, Dino, 2020 has obviously been a bit of a crazy year where we've been locked down, spent a lot of time in isolation. Has it enabled you to get the pen out and pen some new chants that we might hear when we're back at Woodside this season? Uh, uh, hopefully. I've, yeah. we're, I've got a little... There's a, a, there's a smaller chat group where with Hayden and uh, and a few other Sam's in there and a few other, because Sam's, Sam's great at getting stuff going because he, he just stands, he doesn't care, does he? So he just bell it out. So it's good. You need those people in there. So um, we've got Jacob in there because he's a drummer. So between us, we we can put an idea in and we, and, and we just mash it around a little bit. And um, I've, I say I've got a whole book, probably a whole mm. book full of stuff, which, which could be used. It's, it's probably more down to me to pick out what I've out of all that lot, which I think is good enough. Because like I say, I'm my own worst critic. If something, if I don't think something's good enough, then it, it, that's gone straight away. It has to be a certain standard before before I'll um, even even put it out there. Okay. I think it's the same with the other boys as well. So it, it's really good. And I've always prided ourselves on the fact that 
our songbook's probably bigger than any other team in the in uh, maybe at this level. Do you know what I mean? Uh, not being trying to be big headed nothing, but we've got we have um, the North Town Collective come over if you if you remember for one game, and they said and they were saying what a great songbook we've got and stuff mm-hmm. like that. So when you're getting compliments like that. It's great. I mean, I think Brighton even tried nicking every Saturday and <laughs> writing, doing their own version of it. Because yeah. uh, I read through it and I was like, that's pretty much the same as ours. So yeah. uh, if clubs are doing, if you've got a Premier League club looking at something you're singing and they're thinking about using it, then that's a compliment. Flattery, you know, it is flattery. So 2020, yeah. we get back to Woodside, hopefully, probably not till 2021 this rate by the looks of it at the beginning of the year, if everything goes to plan. Obviously, new Woodside knew that. What would you say the future ambitions for the away boys fanatics are in your eyes? Would you like to get some of those visual stuff done on the, you know, for big matches? I know there was talk last season of doing a little bit of visuals, but it never sort of came through in the end. We obviously do march to, to the ground, which are fantastic. Um, but for you, what, what would your target to sort of ramp it up a little bit to the next level? Yeah, do you know what? I never thought we'd get to where we got now. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we're we're both new away with marching to the ground. I, I've, I, I couldn't have ever dreamed that. Do you know yeah. what I mean? I, I don't think that all the other boys who, who have been there since the start. I think if you ask any of them, they'll all say to you the same thing. I, I mean, Nick said to me, he "Goes, I can't believe this." And there's, there's people who were going before the away. Were like, "How's this happened?" I, 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 how was there like 100 or 150 people marching together, singing down the road with flares going off and, and creating that, that atmosphere? And so I, I'd like to think it just keeps growing. I mean, we've got w, the, the WC7 boys now who, who are all part of it and they're, they're yeah. making a lot of noise and joining in. And there's some good lads in there as well. A couple of them are now, we've got involved with, um, with the singing chat so that, they can learn. So we're all on the same song sheet, if you like. Brilliant. So we're, we're, we're trying to do that. And um, it's just really, just keep doing what we're doing, I think. I, I, can, I think it can be bigger. I think it can be bigger than what it is. And uh, that's something, because I, 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 I never dreamed it would get to this point, but now we're here. Yeah, I, I, I think the sky's the limit. We can yeah. just keep going. With, with the success of the team, I mean, Playing. That, that's always going to draw people in mm. and it's, it's just been nice to be part of myself and all, and all the other originals and all the other people have been involved with the away boys since um, well from whatever time it's just, it's just been it's nice to be that part of that club where you've made that difference maybe yeah. I don't I, I wouldn't ever say that we've made a massive difference because no, I, I, I think you have go. That atmosphere, mate. You know, you've said like it used to be a couple hundred fans, and they were getting on an average season was what nine hundred average or something last season, which is massive. And on the big games, with it getting near two thousand people, pretty much yeah. three quarters of them singing your songs. It does make a bit diff- a big difference. I mean, you just got to take your hat off, mate, and you got to sort of accept the applaudits and for everyone that set up the away boys fanatics and feel proud of yourselves because you've added to what was already a great club to make it even bigger. Yeah, well, there's been uh, there's been there's a couple of games where we I've just stood there and um, yeah, I almost had to pinch myself. Yeah, yeah. It, it, being in that shed after a big win, and uh, Charlie, I remember Charlie kind of just putting his arm around me. and goes, "Look what we've done!" <laughs> and you're just like, and you're looking around and you're just like, "This is amazing! This is something really special!" And everyone's dancing around and we're just standing there, look like in shock because <laughs> yeah. it's like, well, yeah. Bigger than what we ever, what we could ever have dreamed of. 
I mean, you see, you see the flags behind the goal on most away games. I mean, when we were at uh, East Grinstead, there were so many flags, you know, behind the goal. It was great, you know, this season. And you're getting more and more and people getting their own flags and adding to that collection. I do think yeah. a visual, a sort of visual display would be a target for you guys to organise. So I think that would yeah. look absolutely spot on. Yeah, there, there's been there's there's been discussions about it. I mean, we done we done a very poor one many years ago when um, John and Gary were in charge, and we was on that really really bad run. Um, I think it was just like a giant a, a really long piece of paper, and it says something like "We stand with you" or something like that, just, just to get a point across to the players that it doesn't matter if you oh no win lose or draw, we stand with you. That's what it said, and just to get a point across to the players that it that we're we're going to always be behind you. Um, and that, that was like a, the first time I've really thought about doing anything like that. And there's, there's now more people getting involved who want to, want to do these things. So it's definitely something we're looking at. And um, well, I think once we're back to normal, we can get a proper crowd behind that goal. Then maybe like a, a Bogner at home or something like that. We could do something, try and do something really special. Uh, there's, there's enough people now who would put their time into it go and make that happen so it's, yeah, yeah. It's definitely. maybe when we're lifting a trophy at uh, the end of this season if it ever comes to that <laughs> mate. <laughs> if, if, if that could happen just a, just a giant champion sign or something yeah, you know what I mean yeah, that look great. Uh, Dean, thank you so much for joining us on the Rebel Yell podcast tonight. It's, it's been fascinating for myself, and I'm sure Pete can echo that, you know, Absolutely. obviously, as, as we're sort of almost Johnny come lately to hear the history of it and everything like that. And, you know, we're proud to be part of the singing boys when we're behind the goals and not pinching Kev away to commentate with Pete on uh, certain games when he has to be forced into it, as he likes <laughs> to say. But I, I can't wait to get back... Uh, to Woodside and start, you know, getting a bit of a crowd again because we do miss it. And, you know, we have got to keep a distance at the moment. So it's not really working as well as we want. No, it's just a fascinating insight to interview way, boys, because obviously I've read a couple of articles that you've done, Dean. Um, but, you know, it's nice to hear because it comes out totally different when you're talking about it. So sort of having a, a written article. So it's just really nice to see your passion about your way, boys, and the way, the way it's grown and the fact you have to pinch yourself and you've probably had a couple of tears over the years <laughs> uh, yeah yeah uh, tears when we when yeah, when we won the playoffs <laughs> yeah. that's one of the most embarrassing things I don't know if, uh, if you've seen them but you've got the videos of um, the away boys videos which I've put together over the years and there's one and you see us doing is it the Poznan where everyone's jumping yeah. you turn around and actually see everyone putting their arm around me because I actually I think I remember that yeah yeah I don't have to call this on camera but it was such a big moment and you know when you've waited all that time and you've gone through like nearly going bait marks and everything it was just it was just a really emotional moment. It's just great, but it's just great to share it with people like yourselves. Do you know what I mean? The more people we get involved, the better it is. And I just hope it carries on that way. Fantastic. Well, Dean Fryer, thank you very much for joining us on the Rebel Yell podcast. No problem. The Rebel Yell podcast. A fantastic insight there into the Formula Way boys. And, you know, for myself, it's only been around Worthing two, three years and Pete yourself as well. You know, it's really great to hear about the founding members and how it all formed. And, you know, I'm proud to say I can stand behind the goal of those guys making the atmosphere 10 times better. And it's something we probably won't see as much this season just because of the fact of COVID and the restriction on ground. So when we get those 
2,000 people in to see a Bogner game again one time in the future. If we did anything like a display that we touched on at the end of that interview, I think it would be amazing. And I know for a fact when myself and you were commentating the Folkestone game towards the end of last season before it got curtailed, just to see both ends completely packed out, sheltering from the rain, but the amount of noise was fantastic, wasn't it? Yeah, the amount of noise is fantastic from those ends. And to be honest, since I've obviously I was with the away, uh, the away boy fanatics, um, you know, singing with them, all, all the rest of it, having a few bevies and, you know, having a really great experience with them. And like I say, I, I went to, I went to a game. I, did, I didn't know anybody there. Um, they're very, uh, they'll, they'll let you in. They're not a closed group. Um, you know, if, if you if you do get to Irving games and you're a bit conscious or a bit shy and you you, st- you stand away from them, uh, don't be scared to go up and talk to them. You know, they they will welcome you with open arms. Um, and like I say, you know, I'm I'm a little bit gutted now, at the, you know, because obviously doing the commentary, that I'm not there standing and, and singing with them and having a, a good old drink because you know my rules on drinking during the game. Um, so as, as yeah. Kev says, you have to remain professional, Pete. So why are you even drinking on the air? <laughs> I loved it that uh, comment. Yeah, I, I only had one beer first half, one beer second half. That's absolutely. That's all fine. we always do. So when yeah. uh, we hopefully get uh, Jason to build our little commentary booth up at Woodside Road, he's he's got to make sure there's a beer stand for our one one pint per half beer rule. Yeah, well, like I say, you don't want any, you know, you know, you know, you don't want people drunk on air, slurring and, 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 and all that. Because that's it. never happened before, has it? On our, never, ha- never happened. No, no, never ever happened. But anyway, moving on, Pete. You, you've been a busy boy this week, and you've actually uh, spoken to a former rebel. Who, um, you know, I'm really proud to say I saw him play, and he's now playing for Brentford. Who's that, Pete? Yeah, it is the the one and only uh, Mr. Finn Stevens, um, who I think he became a you know a firm fan favourite last season with his you know uh, breaking into the first team and very very impressive um, performances by him, a young man, um, and then he he's got a, a dream a dream transfer up to, up to uh, Brentford B. He's already featured for the. Um, uh, for the for the A team in the Carabao Cup, the first team, I should say. And yet, I've I managed uh, jump through some hoops. Um, thank you to uh, Finn's mom and uh, to 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 Ben at Brentford Football Club who got in touch with me and um, arranged the times and everything that we could do it uh, for for allowing me for the absolute honour and privilege to talk to Finn. It's not a very long interview because obviously they've got time commitments and things there. Uh, but I think we get the gist of how he's getting on at the moment. Now it's time for hashtag five minutes with Finn. <laughs> See what I did there? <laughs> <laughs> I love that. Firstly, Finn, uh, good afternoon. Welcome to the Rebel Yell podcast and thanks for doing this for us. No worries. Firstly, how are you settling into your new life at Brentford? Uh, yeah, settling in really well. I mean, uh, everyone's really like welcoming here. All the boys, all the staff. What attracted you to uh, to go to Brentford? Because I understood there was a couple of clubs that were sort of sniffing around you, as it were. I think mainly the pathway to the first team, because obviously uh, there's like no academy, so the step up is straight to the first team, and you train like nearly just next to them. So if someone gets injured or something, then they could pull one of you over to train with them. So. Yeah, I think the pathway. Explain to us what a typical day is like for you now, because obviously at Worthing you were training like just Tuesdays and Thursdays, Thursday evenings, and obviously that's all changed now for you. 
Yeah, so come in about nine, have breakfast about 9.15, then there'll be a meal, and then they'll be training about half ten, about an hour and a half maybe. And then depending on the day, you'll have lunch and gym or just lunch, then that, that'll be the day. Okay, so plenty of time for the old Xbox or PlayStation. Yeah, yeah loads of time for that. <laughs> Excellent. Um, one of the fans asked me, because I asked, uh, I put it in the group earlier that I was talking to you, and one of the questions that came through was, uh, which dressing room has the best banter, Worthing or Brentford? Uh, uh, I'll probably say Worthing at the moment, because I'm still getting to know the boys here. But yeah, Worthing, Worthing was good. Okay. Was and, good, yeah. and what what do you miss? Is there anything you, you miss about uh, Worthing at all? Uh, yeah, I miss the boys there a lot, actually, and the, the staff. They're really nice. Uh, I also miss like playing in front of loads of fans. That was uh, really good, especially on like big occasions and big games. Yeah, it's always a great atmosphere down there at Woodside, isn't there? Um, so, what's your what's your best uh, sort of memory moment at, at Worthing? You think? Obviously, you know, you was only there one season, but what's your highlight? I think probably just making my league debut, to be honest, because. I called in at left back, which obviously isn't my position, and I, I did well on the day. Um, and we got the win, so it couldn't have really gone any better. Yeah, so that's good. Well, we, we won quite a lot of games with you in the team, Finn, so <laughs> <laughs> it was all good. You made the first team bench uh, for Brentford in the Carabao Cup against Wickham and Fulham, and you actually got on the pitch in the Fulham game against Premiership players. Yeah. What was that like for you? Yeah, it was, it was quite surreal. It was... Um, Obviously, it would have been better if there was fans and stuff, but it was the game, the tempo of the game was just really sharp and like you have to adapt quick to the game. But obviously, I, was, uh, I wasn't on for very long, so it wasn't like too bad. But yeah, it was a great experience. You sort of touched there, you know, um, get, got to get up to speed, the pace of the game. Is it is it a lot, a lot faster, would you say, than sort of our Isthmian league level? Yeah, much faster. I mean, like as soon as you get the ball, there's someone like, close to you the, the way they pass the ball is much sharper more crisp and like it's, they never really make that many mistakes so it's it's quite hard yeah I saw you on on YouTube in the London Senior Cup final against Hendon oh, which yeah. Are, yeah which unfortunately you lost um but I saw that you've exact exacted revenge a few weeks ago with a 6-2 6-2 thrashing of them yeah we did yeah we lost 1-0 in the final I don't really know how we lost that game to be fair nor me, to be honest. Over them the whole game and then they got a pen in extra time. But uh, yeah, it was good to get revenge back with a, was it 6-2, I think? 6-2 yeah. win at their place as well. So yeah, it was, it was really nice. Okay. And do you think that's a competition that you can win this year? Yeah, definitely. Yeah, we just need to take it game by game and keep putting in the performances that we have been the last couple of weeks. And I think we should uh, we should win it, yeah. Okay. So going, going back to Worthing, um, who's... What was your relationship with uh, Hinchwood and people like Nathan like? Yeah, I think it was really good. Uh, Hinch used to like speak to me after games and training, like say how I was doing, why I was, why I would have been in the squad, or if I was in the squad like the next game. And then he said like, if you get your chance, take it. And I think that's what I did uh, when I made my debut. So yeah, wise words. Yeah, I think I think he did. He did uh, say you know. Uh, it was, it was a struggle at first to sort of fit you into the team because of the, the formation he was playing, etc. And then, you know, you took you took your chance and you just didn't look back really, did you? No, yeah, I, I, I was playing well because the left back was injured. So 
I kept doing well and then he, it was quite hard for him to drop me at that point because of my performances in the games that I played in. Yeah, and it was obviously unfortunate this, you know, the season was curtailed because you could have had a nice little uh, league league winners badge. I know it's only the Isthmian League, but obviously, you know, um, you, you you're in you're in the game no matter what level to to yeah. win to win medals, aren't you? Yeah, exactly. Still not still not an easy league, even though people think it's quite low down in the football pyramid. But still, it's a very hard league. Like you don't know, each game could be different. Each team's always different, and it's yeah, it's a hard league. So it would have been good to get um, to win that league, but just uh, not a very good one that uh, overcame. Yeah, yeah, just unfortunate. Uh, we, we're entering in, in another lockdown. Um, I presume you, you'll be okay at your level, won't you? Yeah, I Brent. think we're all fine. Yeah, we just carry on as usual. So yes, yeah, it's, it's all good here. Yeah, and obviously I'm going to be trapped at home with no footballs, so it's not good. So anyway, Finn, thank you ever, ever so much for, for your time this afternoon. The Rebel Yell Podcast. Really great to hear from Finn Stevens, who I do miss him. And I know he's, you were a massive fan of his, Pete, last season. You, you often sung his praises on the commentary as I was standing next to you. But it's, it's, I'm just really proud to think that, you know, he did represent the Rebels and he's, he's done so well to impress. And we know that there have been scouts from clubs like Charlton and stuff at matches this season so far. So, you know, I'm sure it won't be the last player that represents Worthing that goes up to the professional game. No, absolutely, absolutely not. And I think that you know, it's 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 one of the things with with Worthing Football Club providing a pathway for players. You know, remember he was let go from Arsenal. He'd been at Arsenal since he was eight years old. Um, then it, then he comes to Worthing. Uh, he played played in the academy a bit, and then yeah, before you know it, he's in the first team. Young, skillful player. Uh, you know, comes into the team playing that position, and he impresses. You can't ask for more than that. Moving on from Finn Stevens, we've got another player special for you. And we're joined by Deshaun Golden, who obviously joined Worthing just after we played Lewis at the end of last season, before it was curtailed. And I know, uh, Pete, we, we were in the commentary booth that infamous night in uh, Lewis's uh, laptop gate. <laughs> laptop gate. Uh, but we were impressed by Deshaun. He did score against us. And then the next week, he was a Worthing player. So I guess, in theory, that was his trial. Well, but, yeah, definitely. Um, I, you know, it, you watched him and you could tell that this player had some and, you know, he scored against us. Um, and obviously, he, he impressed Adam. Uh, and then, you know, either the next day or the day after, as Deshaun says, um, seven day off of winning. And boom, he's a Worthing player. And without further ado, we do his first reel. I mean, he said he did one when he joined an official, <laughs> but it's not official to you being on Rebel Yell, as Pete says, but this is his first official Rebel Yell appearance. So, welcome, Dejan. How you doing tonight? Not too bad. Hello, everyone. You're right? Yeah, we're not too bad. So, great to see you enjoying your football, because it really looks like you're enjoying it playing in the Worthing shirt. Yeah, definitely, definitely. Um, been enjoying it, working hard, most, most importantly. But yeah, just, in, just in really enjoying it, having fun. Fun with it. So... Basically, um, you've been, like I say, you've been with Worthing not very long. I think this is actually your first interview, isn't it? I had one at the start when I signed, um, a brief one. But yeah, this is my first interview with you guys, yeah. Privilege, privilege. Privilege, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) This is the the main interview, Dejon, this is the main interview. This is where you want to be seen. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. If you haven't been on Red Bull Yell podcast, you've not made it at work. No. <laughs> <laughs> I'm on it. I'm on it. 
<laughs> so, so tell us a bit about yourself, uh, Dijon. Have you got a, you got a couple of couple of um, youngsters? Because I see a couple of youngsters at the game. Are those yours? Uh, those are my little my little brother. He's ten now, and my little sister. She's six. They like to come and watch with with mum. So they do. Oh um, right. Okay. Okay. I'm so, Youngsters, I'm too young to have kids, man. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say you're only 23, so yeah, yeah. So, so, I suppose I suppose that makes sense now. They look um, so alike, though. They do look so alike. You, yeah, it's like uncanny. Spitting image, literally. Yeah, it's crazy. Yeah. That, that's that's what threw me. I think. So, um, anyway, I saw that you're um, director of Go Gold Sports. Yeah, is, is that is that your company? And tell us yeah, about so that. I, I uh, started my own sports coaching company a year and a half ago. Um, but literally, we go into sports and nurseries in Lewisham and Greenwich and teach yoga and sports. So pre-COVID, we had around 15 nurseries where we, I had coaches that would go into, into there and teach. And we had two schools where we'd have after school clubs and PPA. But unfortunately, due to COVID, we'd, they're not outsourcing any outside people when I'm just left with one school, which is, which is still all right. I still do two days in there. And um, along with playing football, can get by, which is all right. But yeah, it's been, it's been a tough, tough couple of months. But hopefully, we can turn things around soon. Let, let's hope so. Um, the other thing I saw uh, on the, your LinkedIn page, you're still a Lewis football player. Oh yes, I need to change that. To be fair, well, <laughs> I've been, I literally don't have um, link like all the apps that I used How to have. How dare so you? Definitely need to change that. Definitely need to change that. Yeah I, spot, I, yeah, I spotted it today and I thought, I'm going to pull him up on that. <laughs> <laughs> he was, he yeah, kept on telling me on uh, WhatsApp, he's got something to, like, he's got some beef with you. So I think that's what it was now. Uh, hopefully. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. But saying that, when we watched you at um, Lewis last season, you were uh, their standout player on that pitch before you signed for us. And I remember saying to Pete, we were doing the commentary. I was like, I'd love to have him as part of Worthing. <laughs> and what happened? You come come down the road appreciate it <laughs> yeah i think it was actually just the following week after that game wasn't it that you actually joined dijon yeah they put i think they put a seven day in um the next day the day after and um yeah it was tough because obviously lewis have been there for a season um they're a lovely club but um we just wasn't really performing and obviously when a chance to play for Worthing, top end of the table and the football that they play it's a no-brainer. So it's yeah, just just went went and took took the chance. Excellent. And um, so, because we've got then, if I'm right, correct me if I'm wrong. You st you started at Dartford and you you made your debut for them in October 2015 at the age of 18. Um, yeah. I presume that would have been the National League South. Yeah, they were in the National League South at the time, but I never actually got an appearance for them. So uh, my debut, I came on against Wellin in the Senior Cup, scored. Then uh, was doing dual reg with Rochester in uh, Southern Counties Prem, which was a tough league, interesting league that. And um, yeah, and then made a few more appearances in the Senior Cup, played against Gillingham, came on, got an assist, we won 2-1. Um, and yeah, then spent the next season out and loan at Phoenix Sports in the Ryman's. They were in the Ryman North at the time, which is a very interesting league where a few years ago it was. And um, literally got knocked out three times that season, played 42 games. 
but it definitely shaped me ready to play for, for football. So it did. Yeah, and obviously you you went to Hastings as well. Uh, obviously we know you played for Lewis. So, um, what what's sort of your 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 best memories of the, you know the clubs that you've been with in the past? Oh, wow! Definitely at Dartford was obviously making my debut and scoring. That was that was a really good time. I was really enjoying that one. When I was at Dartford, I went on trial at Mills first team for four, for several weeks. Which was a really interesting experience with like Neil Harris and all of their first team players. Then at Phoenix, oh, what was a highlight at Phoenix? I don't know. I don't think there was any. There was any high or low points. It was just. It was just a consistent of just learning your game, learning the craft, and it was never really. I've never really played in the team that's at the top end of the table. It's always been a. Like almost an underdog, like going to games not expecting to win. Then that kind of changed when I went to Hastings. Hastings, they were at the bottom end, but they went under new management with Chris at the time, Chris Agar, and literally turned the whole club around. And that was when Hastings just become like a almost like a formidable force. We went on, I think, like a sixteen-game unbeaten streak. Um, moved up the table slowly, just missed out on playoffs. Then on the following year, re-signed for the season for them. Um, then in and out of pre-season, started the first couple of games. Then during mid-season, just all of a sudden said, I'm going to go out on loan. And um, went out on loan to, to Lewis, which was a bit of a weird one because they were, they were thirds in Ryman Prem. And I was in Ryman, Ryman South, so it was a bit like, OK, no worries. Because I was under contract at Lewis at, at Hastings. I was like, cool, no-brainer. Went um, done well at Lewis, and then unfortunately we had our, our right back and our left back, um, Leon Redwood and uh, Brinky. They both got ACL injuries and kind of stopped our promotion hopes there and then because they were key aspects of our team. And as a winger as well, we just never really had that support anymore. So we were doing a lot more defensive work and we just slowly fell, fell, fell down the table. So we did. Right, so, so we now you're at Worthing, obviously, top of the table team, top of the table last season till it came to a halt this season, started brightly. What, what, how, how would you uh, sum up your your performances so far this season in the Worthing shirt? It's it's been a tough one, really. Um, I feel like the best hasn't yet to come. Well, I'm, I didn't do a pre-season, so probably like a lot of a lot of people didn't know that I had a MCL grade two. On the, that's literally the first week of preseason. Yeah, yes. Sorry, Dejan. Did you did you pick that injury up at home on your carpet? No, no, I'm doing doing outside training. So I was outside, and literally my knee got stuck in a bit of astro turf, and then and went over it. And right. that, that, that was tough because I've never had a serious injury before, and I've always taken care of my body really well, and. Like having to sit at home, do nothing when I'm always active, always train like today I've trained in the morning. Um, but I'm always in the gym, always running, always doing something and just having to sit at home, icing your knee for hours on end. It is tough mentally. Um, then finally got the go ahead from my physios in London to to train. Trained on Thursday, first training session, we've done like an open training session. Um, with the lads, like an open match, sorry, like a passive play. 
and I felt good. I was hungry, and I just said to to Hinch, like, look, I want to be on the bench. Like my physio said that they would give it late October. This was mid September, so they said that start of October I'd be allowed to play. But I was like, look, I can't wait any longer. I want to play. So yeah, I went into the squad for the game against Folkestone, and then came on for 15 minutes, and then then the rest is his- history. Really, just trying to get into. The things I feel like my body right now is almost playing catch up where everyone's had them six, seven, eight weeks of pre-season. I haven't had that. And my fitness is my fitness is getting there. It's getting there, but I still think there's a lot more to come, definitely throughout the season. Well, that's just good news for us, mate. The, re- the, the reason I asked about the uh, the carpet was that that was a rumour that was going around that you got your foot stuck in the carpet or something and gone over <laughs> on your knee. So that's why I asked because it There's was no just carpets a... at my house. It's all, yeah, it's you can see all the words. laminate in the background right now. You can see it. He's not lying, Pete. He's not lying. <laughs> Have you felt you've settled in really well at Worthing so far? Because obviously you had the gap in the season. Obviously it was curtailed and, you know, in a nicest way, I wasn't sure if you'd be in the squad or come back this season. So obviously it's great to see you back and actually part of the squad. Was it quite hard to gel straight away or have you found yourself settling in quite good? Because I know we've got a really good changing room there. We've got a good group of lads there. Good, good set of lads. Funny, funny boys. One of the funniest I've met still. Um, no, they're, they're pretty close, close-knit bunch, but... I know Marvin. Marvin's like from outside of football. Um, we both use the same SNC company, so they're both physios. So I've known Marvin for a while, and me and Marvin we go to training together. We train outside together. We we go gym together. We do quite a lot together. Like, yeah. I was like, so, um, <laughs> best friends in the team, but with all the other lads, like even like with Ollie Pierce, we've got a good relationship, especially that as we play up top together. Everyone really, you're just trying to. It's just one big family. I was going to say, you probably don't know this, but when we were at Chichester away pre-season, me and Pete were up in the gantry doing a commentary, and I did hear your really lovely, sultry tones. You were singing at the side of the pitch. So is it you that chooses the music in the dressing room now? And you, you thought you probably couldn't, no one could hear you, but we are right behind you. <laughs> no, Buck, Buck, Danny Buck is the, the music man. He's, he got some serious tunes. Yeah. So they don't, they don't let me touch the music too much. So they do because so that's why you use your voice out of the pitch. Uh, yeah, I just, <laughs> <laughs> definitely, definitely. But yeah, Box Box does the music. He's got some good good bangers on his phone. Okay, so for, for this season, uh, Dijon, have you have you set yourself any sort of um, t- targets for the amount of goals um, that you want to score? Being a December and twenty for the season, and that's. That's something that Worthing have sort of lacked lately, sort of a, a twenty goal a season, man. So I, I like the positivity there, Dejon. Boys um, at the moment, they're up there. I think I'm well, Omar's Omar for us, or well, Omar's got three for us now, or yeah, three for us now. Yeah, 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 four for us. Yeah, he's got four. Um, Ollie's got six. Mo Mo's doing it brilliantly. He's got six as well. I think there's going to be a few a few guys up there with, with, with the goals. So there's, but um, yeah, we average quite a lot of goals a game, and we're quite an attacking side. So obviously, that's something that I've never been a twenty goal a season man. I've I've always been I chip in with both with like where I play on the wing, I get goals and assists. But definitely adding that to my game is something I always want. My goal for last season was to get ten before December. I got nine. And then obviously just before the season got got cut short, I got I think it was fifteen or fourteen. So just keep on doing that consistently. That's that's the aim. And 
the way I look at it is if I come home and I haven't scored, my mum my mum always says that like, you've definitely missed a sitter because there's always a game where I get a chance. Do you know what I mean? So yeah. <laughs> it's just making sure that I'm And you're like, thanks, mum. Thanks for the positivity. <laughs> uh, yeah, every time I come home, I have to lock myself in the bedroom. <laughs> <laughs> Brilliant, brilliant. I love it. Yeah, it's, just looking at last month, you just, you just scored the one goal last month for, uh, away at Margate. Yeah. And I, I'm trying to remember the finish now, so you can tell us about that. It, it was, wasn't it? Yeah. <laughs> Body piss, cross goal, tapping. The lovely um, ones. Yeah. The ones, just, <laughs> yeah, yeah the, the ones you can't miss. So, but overall, last month was a good month for Worthing, wasn't it? Take excluding cup competitions, uh, just one defeat against Leatherhead. Um, but you wasn't involved in that game, though, was you? I was, I was. Oh, you was played full game, played 90 in that whole game. And Pete um, was a commentator. I mean, come on, he can't even remember you were playing. I mean, come part time. Yeah, I played the full game, but <laughs> <laughs> that's, why, that's why we lost because he was anonymous. <laughs> <laughs> What was it like scoring against Lewis? Was that a weird sensation? Because obviously it must be weird when you score against an old club or is it sort of like you've moved on, that was in your past, you're not too fussed anymore? Each game as it comes really. Like, yeah. don't, don't really look at these lot and think that. Don't really look at another team and think that. Just going to each game how, as it is. And I think with the situation I'm in now, it's just trying to keep the consistency throughout all the games. Like mm. with Lewis... That's that's my job really. Whether it's against Lewis or whether yeah. it's against Mersham or whether it's against Cray Wanderers, it's, it's two goals. And anyone that scored two goals against someone in the ditch, you know what I mean, doesn't make no difference to me. But um, yeah, it was good to see familiar faces back at Lewis. But yeah, hundred percent, hundred percent. What are you going to be doing to keep yourself busy during uh, this upcoming lockdown? Because obviously tomorrow night is going to be our last match. I think for a little while, for at least a month. Okay. I mean, I, I think. Yeah, I think, I mean, the Ismian League haven't confirmed their plans, but uh, Boris has said today that um, non-elite sports are being curtailed for the month as well, which is a shame. So it's going to be tough for us all. Like, we've got no football to watch. OK, we've got the elite leagues, as we like to say, you know, because they're so much different mm-hmm. than us. But, you know, um, what what do you, obviously it's taking you by surprise there. What, what are you going to be doing? Just training as much as you can outside? Um, yeah, train as much as I can. And to be fair... During lockdown, I took up a new hobby of, of bike riding. So, got myself some nice little road bike. Actually, I think yeah. I saw it on your Instagram quite a lot. You do you do some proper like across London marathons and everything on those bikes, don't you? Yeah, love it, love it. Me and a group of friends, we, we always like to go to um, Regent Park and we do a couple laps and, and come home. But yeah, so it's a nice something that I never thought I'd see myself doing yeah. going bike riding. But yeah, it's it's good fun. But literally, just train every day, working out, jogging, and. To be fair, I'll be working as well, so it doesn't. My plan, well, my like literally, like my routine don't really change that much apart from not having a, a match day really, which sucks. To be fair, yeah. oh, it does. It sucks for everyone. No, mm. Like you, like you said, be, you know, being a being a player, it's a it's a nightmare for you guys. But you know, even as as fans, you know, we were going mentally in the first lockdown with that football, and now it's. It's happening again, so yeah, it's 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 just a struggle for everybody, you know, mentally as well as 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 well as anything else. Not having that association, um, and and see and seeing you guys as well, you know, because obviously that's what quite a few Worthing fans leave for is seeing you on a Saturday on a pitch. Yeah, it's tough because obviously, like a lot of us, 
we, we do take take what we do seriously. Like I live all the way in London. I travel almost 400 miles a week. I don't do 400 miles a week just because I find it fun. I love what I do. Do you know what I mean? And I wouldn't do that if I didn't want to do it. Do you know what I mean? Or I don't, it's what I like doing. It's what I love doing. And that when that's taken away from you, it's, it's, it's hard, especially when you've worked so hard to get back fit, ready for pre-season, then for it to be taken away from you. It, it is tough, but you just got to keep going, really. I think for the players, it's more of a thing where you've got yourself to a certain level of fitness. You come out of that for four weeks, you're, and you come back in, you're, accept, you're like receptible to injuries. And it's not, it's not really, it's not fair on them, but at the end of the day, that's the scenario that we're in at the moment, and you just have to deal with it, man. Yeah. The Rebel Yell Podcast. Fantastic there from Tayshon Golding. Uh, always, well, always a pleasure to chat to you when he makes time at the games, but nice to have him on the, the Rebel Yell podcast for the first time. So happy to have him in the bag, Pete. Really happy. Yeah, yeah, Tayshon, he's, uh, he's, a per- he's a personality. You can, you can see at the end of the games, um, you know, the way he's, he's cheering and going, yes, yes. You know, even sort of four minutes after the final whistle was he's walking to the changing rooms and he's still pumping his fists. And it's it's great to see that passion. Yeah. And like I said, like he says, um, you know, football means so much to him. Uh, you know, because some people that you know in the lower leagues think of oh, the, the players don't care; they're just you know journeymen. And it, it's it's not the it's not the case at all. You know, it's it's livelihoods. Or his uh, singing, as we touched on, because I was quite impressed when we were there at Chichester. He didn't realise, but as he heard on the interview, he, uh, I think he was quite surprised at that. But, you know, you've got, you got to give a man his dues when he was a good little singer. <laughs> yeah, I'll leave you to be the, uh, <laughs> the Britain's Got Talent judge. MC, MC Easton here and all that. But, Pete, uh, another Action Pat Field Rebel Yell, the Rebel Yell podcast here. It, it has been it has been fun. Lots of lots of action this uh, this time. Hopefully, we'll get some women's uh, players on or the manager Michelle on the next uh, podcast. But again, we'd normally look forward to what's happening next month. And as we know, the only thing that's happening for us next month is the Sussex Senior Cup game against Three Bridges, which happens tomorrow night after we recording. And um, it's really the only match we're looking forward to. I think there'll be a busier crowd than usual because obviously people are going to be sort of getting their last football fix before we do get locked down. But I know for myself, I'm going to have a bit of a heavy heart when I'm on the co-commentator with you tomorrow night. Yeah, it's going to, it's going to be a difficult one because, you know, as you say, it's, it's the last game before lockdown. Um, personally, I don't want lockdown. Um, a lot of people don't want lockdown, but it is, it is what it is. We've got to stick to the rules. Um, uh, yeah, it's going to be it's going to be a difficult month for a lot of people. No, it really is. I think you know we've all got to be there. You know, as we said before in the summer, you know, don't suffer in silence. You know, this time we can't go out in the garden. We can't, you know, sit in the nice weather that we kind of had over the first lockdown period. It's going to be different. The nights are drawing in earlier. You know, it's getting darker earlier. And at the end of the day, please don't sit there and suffer in silence because there's someone out there for you. If it means a friend, if it means a family member, a Zoom call, they're just there. So if you are suffering and struggling, there's always there. I'm sure myself and Pete can go and say, if you feel like wanting to have a chat, even if it's just about Worthing, then give us a shout. I mean, leading on to that, Pete, I think we might as well tell them now that we're looking at planning to do some more live broadcasts like we did over the summer in the zoo format with as many people we could have on. So, you know, if you, if you, if you really liked what you heard over the summer and you want to get involved, please give us a shout. Give us a tweet on Rebel Yell WFCSA. But we have got some... A couple of things planned, I think, Pete, haven't we? 
Yeah, yeah, definitely, definitely. Um, and sort of leading on from what you said, you know, we, we know the fans at Worthing, um, some that live in the, on their own, etc. who are probably not going to have a lot of contact with other people during the next month. So, um, as, as you said, don't suffer in silence. Um, if you want to come on the podcast, uh, just to chat football, chat Worthing, um, well, chat, chat anything, um, you know, we'll, we'll happily entertain you. Uh, yeah, just don't be lonely. And, you know, me, me and James will try and keep you entertained. We do, we do like a laugh from time to time. <laughs> even if it's not entirely appropriate, but that sometimes make the laugh even better, doesn't it? <laughs> you know, but we're also thinking, uh, and, you know, get these things in, we might do something different this summer, try and get some of the players and the playing staff involved and do a Desert Island Disc, sort of their favourite songs that brings back memories over their careers or, you know, through their early careers of football. So if you've got any players you'd like to hear from in particular or any questions you might want to ask, Keep an eye on the socials. Give us a message, and you know I'm I'm quite looking forward to doing that, Pete. Yeah, it'd be fantastic if if we can do something like that. Um, even if you know sometimes we might not be able to get a player. Maybe me, me and you, James. You know we've got we've got three hours a day where we can uh, do a show and and play some play some music as well. Just have a general chit chat. Uh, you know, Sorry, you, Pete. I'm only going to do so. that if you don't take the mick out of my music taste because you've done that way too many times when I'm doing the broadcast with you. So you have to swear down yeah, to but, that now. But but the trouble is, James. What I have to do is I have to think about some of our older listeners. Okay, know, so is that the reason who, why who you're playing like... Justin Bieber when you were testing the things out the other day? <laughs> well, I was I was what basically I was on Spotify and I was playing the uh, the, the current top ten. I had to skip one of the songs. It was absolutely disgusting. <laughs> was it called WAP by any chance? That, by that, he was. He was. I, Where I, I was something like, what? P. What the hell is going on? And, uh, kids listening to this stuff these days. What's the matter with you? I know. And it's 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 I, I can't get my head around it. But yeah, I'm just I'm just mindful. We have got some older listeners, more mature listeners like myself, and you know we do like a, a, a different type of music, a more cultured type at times. Okay. Well, WMP and whatever it is. Whack whack. I'm sure. Well, if you need to know what we're going to talk about, just don't, Google don't, Nicki don't. Minaj and WAP. You'll find out what it no, is. Don't. We're not saying old rebel yell. Uh, we're not saying it here, but again, listeners, Pete, <laughs> listeners, don't, don't. Well, don't do it, Pete, because we know if you Google that on your computer, what comes up in your history. But on that bombshell, <laughs> we're going to leave it there for this episode, uh, episode two of the Rebel Yell podcast. It has been a pleasure once again with my uh, co-podcaster Pete from rebelyell.live. It's been a fun episode, Pete, hasn't it? Yep. Yeah, it's been it's been it's been very good. It's been action packed as well, hasn't it? This it week, has, it has. We've this uh, month, you've re- not really heard much dulcet tones from me and Pete because we've been talking too much to the players and staff. So it has been fun. We've got a lot involved. If you want to hear anyone on the next episode of the podcast, give us a shout. We'll try and do it on Ollie Pierce. I'm looking at you if you listen to this. Oh, you probably is, don't listen to this. There, there is something I need to say, James. We have we have been offered. We have been told, haven't we, by the club that once the pitch is all sorted, we are going to have an exclusive from Barry Hunter, who's going to tell us the whole saga. Yeah. And that, and it's that will be worth a listen. And I think it's going to, we're going to have a sit-down interview with him. We're going to chat about the saga, the pitch. We're going to sort of talk about Barry's history in football. Just really give a good introduction to the chairman to you because I know there's some people that out there that, you know, don't know Barry as well because, you know, he might not be as... Um, as full front was that previous uh, chairmen's have been in, in interaction. So I know he's keen to sit down and introduce himself to you, but he's working really hard on the pitch and it's going to pay off so much dividends, Pete, when it's all ready, isn't it? 
Oh, it's going to be brilliant, you know, like say with the, um, you was wrapping a show up a minute ago, mate, and then we carry on. Uh, on. But, we, <laughs> but with, the, with the, the new floodlights and everything, uh, as as we said in Adam's interview, I'm going to be able to see the pitch for the commentary, uh, which will be which will be fantastic. Um, the new facilities, uh, everything that's going on at the ground, the new pitch, it, it really is going to push yeah. Worming to the next level. And hopefully, you know, we'll be able to attract more fans into the ground uh, to, to enjoy the experience. Definitely. And I mean, from going to next level, we just want to thank you as well from the Sports Association for the amount of listeners we've had on Live. I know Pete's massively proud of, you know, we've only been going since February. You know, thanks to all the co-commentators and, you know, all the people that have tuned in and commented on the messages. Yeah, to be honest, when I started it, we were, I was a bit, uh, you know, will, will this work, won't it work? Because, um, you know, com- commentating is not that easy. Um, it's difficult to research the opposition sometimes because you look at their website and their players and you look at their pictures and sometimes they're two seasons out of date. Uh, and then you get the team sheet and you're like, I didn't see that name on, on the website. I didn't see that. Uh you know, um, somebody did say to me uh, yesterday um, on the commentary that the, the one thing that's lacking is uh, describing the opposition teams, their their positions, what position they're playing. So when I'm sort of saying a name, they're like, well, got no real idea what position they're playing. So, so I'm going to take that away and I'm going to try and improve that bit. Um, but apart from that, I think you know everyone's quite happy with with um, the service. We've got the we've got the dongle now, uh, so we've got the four G connection. We've got mm-hmm. the decent microphone. Got the laptop now. Uh, so if you're not available, James, I've got I've got the equipment to do it. And I think the last, uh, apart from me switching the microphone off, I don't think we've had any real issues with the commentary in the last few matches. And long may it continue. No, and to be honest, Pete, you know even that you did have a little blip of the microphone, we did get the listener record there of 152 listeners which was amazing and this Saturday just gone I mean it's because I wasn't there I don't think that you only had 150 so you know I mean you know I don't want to take any plaudits yeah, for that. And, oh. and, yeah and, and Kent Rebel was there as well he was okay, at the so game we'll instead one. of listening so yeah, so, one. Yeah, yeah. One, oh, right, so. yeah, you know, okay. inflating my ego there and everything like that. Thanks, Pete. But anyway, <laughs> it's been Rebel Yells going from strength to strength. And, you know, thank you for being a part of it. And thank you for tuning in and listening and getting involved in the show. Because we really did appreciate it. It makes our life a lot easier. But I am going to end it now. We have gone on. We've enjoyed ourselves. And if if, if this is out before the match tomorrow, I look forward Christmas. to seeing you Christmas. tomorrow. If not... I hope you enjoyed the match at Free Bridges and I look forward to seeing you again at Christmas. But please stay tuned to our socials because there's much more to come from Rebel Yo over the next couple of months.